0: Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Black Jack with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Black Jack.
1: I hear people! Oh God, that's so bad. But I had to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know I'm not proud of it, but it was the <laughs> gimme. We had to do it. The whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, "What is he's gonna do? Like an icy?" I, I don't first? know, because it'd be a bummer <laughs> if I didn't. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a bummer if I do. Bummer if I don't. Everyone just, just be waiting with.
2: for it. If you had, to. yeah, right, exactly. Let's peel I mean... it off,
1: and they'll be like, "Did he not think of that? Is he that <laughs> stupid, or does he think he's classier than that? Because now's a weird time to start being classy. <laughs> we should like
3: it. Should be. I wish we had a video podcast where so we could shove the podcast
1: out from under a bed. That would yeah, be good. <laughs> right, that <laughs> would have been good if this could be visual yeah. i would just stick my arms out and that yes. would be the opening and then i'd vomit on top of you hi everybody my name <laughs> is griffin newman you just vomits on her shirt my name is griffin i'm david sims newman david sims this is blank check with griffin and david mm-hmm. and this is our new investigative miniseries <sighs> pod night shiamacast
3: pod, pod night Shyamacast. Woo! So, Katie, there was a face-off between me and Griffin's
1: chosen titles yeah. and my title won. Twitter vote. Well, What was the other option? The other option was uh, P. PCash Shyamalan. <laughs> um, I want to point out that I just put a vote out there. I didn't make it clear which one was my choice. I said, hey, we're going to start recording today. We're asking the, the people of Twitter, the good people of Twitter, to let us know, which we should call our miniseries. And David quoted my tweet and said, if you don't vote for Pod Night Shyamacast, you're not my friend. <laughs> I did So say that. David won. Eh, but did, I think it was also it just a better like a real, title. It
2: sounds like a real fret. I mean, well, I would worry. Yeah, be worried.
1: won the battle, lost the war. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? He has to go to sleep with himself at night knowing mm. that he's strong armed. Sleep fine. The Twitter Um Our very special guest today is Katie Rich.
2: Katie Rich.
3: Hello! A of podcast vanity luminary fear. of vanityfair.com. Vanity Fair.
1: Bring,
2: bring in the class. Um,
3: Hollywood elite. Host of Fighting in the War Room, which mm-hmm. I've been listening to for God knows how many years now. How long has that been going on? Oh, my God, five
2: hour? years. <sighs> like, we had our five-year anniversary. It's terrifying.
3: The best film podcast, in my opinion, is Fighting in the War Room. Other, I mean, this. this one, and then the like, second best is this one. Yeah. yeah. And the Little Gold Men. Also the host of Little Gold Men on <laughs> the got Panoply two. Network. She's got two.
2: I got, uh, I got too many podcasts. Uh, and she is
3: now an official host of this podcast. She's never leaving. That's no. So now she has three podcasts. She's here for good.
2: Yeah, and I, I feel like I should say I'm here because I started listening to this. Over Thanksgiving and couldn't stop and mm-hmm. couldn't stop tweeting at you about it. So thank you for uh for letting me like step into the screen. Uh.
3: What, what what turned you on to us? What was the what was well, the so breakthrough I, but, moment?
2: I was assigned to watch the prequels because of Fighting in the War when we were doing like a Star Wars Your series. Star Wars so I was Wars like, podcast, okay, I gotta right. watch the I gotta watch the prequels. And then I knew you guys were doing these and I hadn't li- I hadn't seen the prequels in years. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, now that I've seen the movies, I'll listen to the podcast. Uh and we had like these pop quizzes where we were all is like pick which one you want to answer pop questions. Pop quiz questions about, and I only nailed it. Yeah,
3: she shouted us out. Yeah,
1: yeah, really?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you listened to ten episodes about one movie. Yeah. You to right. remember. Yeah, yeah. A lot so, what, of plot what was details. like the
1: toughest question you got right?
2: Oh God, I think it was naming the planet where yeah. Obi Wan goes. Um, the rain planet. Kind of. I- See, now I can't remember Amina. playing I Amina. Yeah. See? yeah. Hot hey, Planet.
3: Thanks, Rain Planet. Ben's favorite. You didn't think you were ever going to talk Love about Star West Wars in this room again, oh, <laughs> did you? Oh, we're never going to stop talking about Star we're Wars. We're going to always talk they about pushed Star Wars. They push episode bait back to December. I know. I'm so pissed off about that. Yeah, but
2: Rogue One. It's like right No, it's like right around the corner. I know. I know. Also, I like it being a Christmas treat
3: every year. No, I like
1: having I a little <laughs> Star Wars I
3: don't like the tree. idea. They should. You know, it's that thing like where Harry Potter would occasionally have one come out in the summer. And it would do. Like way worse, yeah. And then eventually they were like, "Okay, we're just not going to do that anymore."
1: Yeah, well, because if you if you can be the Christmas movie, that corridor is like every single day for ten days between Christmas and New Year's, yeah, or between whatever it is the twenty no, third I third, mean, you, yeah. And you just, every day you make fifty million dollars <laughs> because no one has. Anywhere Don't you to go?
2: all remember seeing Titanic repeatedly over your Christmas breaks in nineteen ninety seven? I do.
1: Yep. Uh, I didn't yep. see Titanic until 2005 on a VHS.
2: That is a shame.
1: That's a bummer. Yeah, you want to hear the real? Like You were pretty little for Titanic, I would assume. You were I like saw, eight, seven, or eight. I was weird with movies when I was a kid. Like, okay. I saw a lot, but I would be sort of contrarian and not want to see the things that everyone else was seeing. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see The Lion King until later. I don't know. Wow. But um, I saw it like 2005. You know what? No, I saw it full screen on like Cinemax and was like, this movie sucks. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> the end shit's good. And then I saw it like uh, when they re-released it in 3D, and I was like, "Oh no, this is the best movie of all time." Of yeah. you Me have to and Katie see were just it. Oh yeah, at each you have to see it, it. <laughs> <You've been watching laughs> see it in movie format. No, I, come on. Yeah.
3: When we were at videology before trivia, and then we'll start on the. I promise. that. Yeah. Uh, when we were at videology, and uh, my girlfriend was with us, it was before trivia, yeah. and Titanic was playing. My girlfriend's like a complete. Ne- she's never seen any movie. It's completely right. insane. And I was like, "You've never seen Titanic," and she's like, meh and i was try- i was saying like well, one thing i think i think is really good about titanic is that it has a happy ending even though it's about the titanic sinking <laughs> yeah. but it has this like fantasy sequence where at the end where she's sort of marrying leo and it's like her All dying and there. it's heavenly and everyone's there and then, so we were watching, because we were watching the last half hour of the movie, yeah. and then that scene came on, and the videology was loaded with people, and they all started screaming. you remember that? Because it yeah. so, it's so good. It's they're so cheering? Good. Like, they were yeah. happy. Cheering okay. and yelling oh, yeah, and clapping, because it's so good. And I was like, that's why people kept seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the ending just leaves you on this crazy, sort of euphoric note.
1: I, I don't want to oh, give God, credit. Titanic is so good. I don't want to give credit to the uh, Lord Voldemort of the movie blogger sphere but uh, Jeffrey Wells has often said that that's the only reason that film won Best Picture. And not as like a backhanded compliment against the film, but he was like, that put it so over the edge, Ugh. where you like wanted to live in that movie in that moment forever because you know, you know, it's yeah. such a transcendent. It is like. not
3: the best movie of
1: 1997, as but, much as I love it. But it's maybe the best movie of all time. No, exactly. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like I it's know. not the best movie of that year, but it's maybe but the, the best. The the movie ever thing made. Is I
3: love Titanic so much, but I still would have given LA Confidential best uh, picture, which I think yeah. is the greatest. Yeah, you got to
2: go with the zeitgeist when you get the opportunity of course, to no, reward I mean, the zeitgeist. In terms
3: of Oscars, I agree. Yeah. No, but a in b- terms a of like a personal favorite. Yeah,
2: sure. You could you could make your own personal favorite. A Bugs Life. So, well. I'm going to yeah. start my own rival 10 part series about Titanic. I hope oh, that uh, you guys Oh, I would will love to be that. on that. Yeah, okay, yes. Great. Yes, yeah. please. yes, please. Oh yes.
3: dude, let's just do Titanic like minute by minute. Let's <laughs> that's what we should do. Yeah, that is oh, my literally
2: God. I could like recite it by memory. Oh, God.
3: Yeah, we we should do a live show where we just we just do Titanic. It's like uh, the yeah. improvised Shakespeare Company or whatever. We just play all the parts.
1: James Cameron would be a, fa- a fascinating blank check. Subject oh, we're gonna do him because one he day. got oh, a blank check yeah. and then only went up and up and up. He's he the one that's true. They a, just look, kept giving him bigger blank checks. And he keeps yeah.
2: making more money. He's yeah. yeah. like he's yeah. the reason that everyone else gets blank checks. It's so they're true. like, well, James Cameron did it and it worked. So okay, we'll give you a ton but of money. It never works.
1: That he is like the mogul of the blank check. It's also the opposite of how it usually works, which is someone everyone like they give him the blank check and. They're like, this is going to be huge. And then right. it disappoints. And like, James yeah. Cameron, every time six months before the movie comes out, they're like, this is the one that flops. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. They always never think in, it's going to be a disaster. Happened.
3: That's why I'm so in on the Avatar sequels because everyone is so ready to yeah. hate on them. Yeah. And I'm like, let's do it.
2: I don't even want them. And yet I will love them because I love everything James Cameron does. Yeah, because they're True. James Cameron movies. Know. They're going to be the
1: best. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. This could bite us in the ass. Yeah, okay. I have a big twist. Whoa. <laughs> a big twist. Whoa. You guys know, but I want to reveal it to the audience. Okay. We have sitting with us at the table. Oh shit! Producer Ben Hosley, aka Producer Ben, aka Producer Ben, aka the Ben Dozer, aka the Poet Laureate, aka right. a.k. Hello Fennel, aka the Peeper, aka the Tiebreaker, aka ben, Birthday Benny, mm-hmm. aka Mister Positive, aka a.k. the Hawes aka.
3: Oh, you ob- uh, ben, oh, old uh, Ben producer Ben Kenobi, producer Ben Kenobi, aka yeah. a.k. Kylo Ben. Kylo Ben, right? I right, can't right,
2: believe right, you're doing that from memory.
3: Yeah, we yeah. should write those down. We, we always miss down. one. Yeah. Katie is like taking a drink of water as you do that. Yeah, she's exhausted oh,
1: yeah. in that speech. Yeah, but okay. So, so we're is, here. This is episode two of Pod Night Shyamacast. the The studio has been restructured. I know this right. is the plot thread that our listeners are really hanging on oh, to. Oh right? yeah, yeah. they love to hear that. But our studio's <laughs> been restructured. The room next to it is now where the the ones and zeros are. Yeah, and then this is now more a more spacious little closet for us to mm-hmm. press the record in. Two weeks ago, you set the levels. You sat down at the table with us here for the podcast Reawakens. Right. Yeah. Last week, you were in the other room where we couldn't see you. The Voice you couldn't of God. See us. The Voice of God. It freaked me out. I referenced it way too much because yep. I couldn't get over it. Yeah, you it. talked it about it a lot. This week, you have an intern. Rejo- I, yes, we have Brian
4: joining us uh, as a work study uh, uh, here with the podcast uh, with UCB. Is, and, is he uh, getting Brian. credit? Thank you, Brian. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Um, I'm
1: going to cut this out. Is he getting is he getting like school credit for this? He is. He is. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. And he's also getting a credit from us, the podcast. It's called Improc. I always think of Much the, credit to Brian. The Isaac. topless yeah. girl
3: in uh, the Life Aquatic. That's what I always think of now, when it's like, the,
1: the, the intern. Brian is shirtless. We should mention that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That yeah. uh, audio
2: that's, a yeah, I mean, that's a just, requirement.
1: I mean, yeah. that's a requirement. That's
2: more practical than anything I did on in an internship or got school credit for. Like, 100%. That's a skill, Podcast of the Future. Yeah, like, absolutely. Do it. And, and,
4: you you work, get nice and, even and you're working time. under this guy.
2: Yeah. That's so this where the guy.
1: money's going. Learn guys. everything you need to know. i learn a lot of stuff. For the listener at home, when Ben says this guy, he's pointing a thumb at his chest. <laughs> so, guys, we're here to discuss a film by M. Night Shyamalan.
3: Yes. Oh,
4: and I got gripes, guys. I just want to oh, tell you right wow. now. I got some gripes. No, some, some You're,
2: you're starting kind of early. You know, there's many worse movies to come.
1: Yeah, this is not the movie to have gripes about. Gripes. <laughs> <laughs> for, for better or worse, this is the M. Night Shyamalan film. This Absolutely. is the film that will define his career for the rest of time. Yeah. You know, he can Definitely. make 80 more movies. This will be... The film. And, and just to recontextualize a little bit. So last week was a weird episode because we talked about these two movies that most people don't even know And exists. we'll never see. Right. We'll even never see. Even though we
3: made a podcast about it, no one's going to watch one it. One them not, on and YouTube, I, one, one of them is on YouTube, apparently. One of them is yeah.
4: on YouTube. Do not need to watch them.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> just okay. Just I wasn't tempted. Yeah. I just,
4: I just want to let everyone know it's okay.
1: Um, but they, they're, they uh, you know, two films that have some similarities, a lot of differences, and are a guy who just has a technical craft, you know? Yeah. And a sort of mathematical assessment of how to get emotions. You can out of the set audience. up a shot, right? But but those two films are very emotionally manipulative in a way that feels a little too overt and forceful. Yeah. Even if it works, you're like, I, I see what they're, you're doing there. Spielberg, Cop, get poops. your hands off. Me. They're they're crappy Spielberg poops. Right. And now he takes this shift into the thriller. And we said last week he you know was unhappy with how Wide Awake was handled mm-hmm, by mm-hmm, Weinstein, mm-hmm. both on set in the editing room and in its release. I said both, but it was three things. Uh, <laughs> so then he like. He called his shot Babe Ruth style. You like that sports yeah. reference?
3: A great sports reference. A great reference. sports
1: ball reference. Yep. <laughs> he he was like, I'm going to write a screenplay that's so good that I'll be able to sell it for over a million dollars and have, like, final cut. He sold it for $3 million. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah.
2: God, the 90s were crazy. With the yeah.
1: stipulation that he had to direct it.
2: That's insane. And that
1: he had control. He was like, I'm calling my shot. I'm going to write a spec script that's so undeniably great. They'll give me $3 million, and they'll, like, let me make it the way And I so way.
2: he ships this around town, like, you know, brings suspect to Disney and yeah. Fox and wherever? And I think
1: people go ballistic immediately. Wow.
3: Oh, and, and the guy who bought that script got fired. Like by Disney, crazy like, right we're away. Paying
1: three million dollars yeah. for we're a like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this was released, not released, but the shingle it fell under was Spyglass Pictures, which like this was one of the last things that Spyglass Pictures made. Well, because Disney, I mean, you may have this on your printout. Disney right? had like four. Bis- no, Disney released
3: the rights to this picture to Spyglass because they were like so uninterested in it. Really? Yeah.
2: After they had made it, or... after they
3: made it, they wow. retained distribution rights, twelve point five percent of the
1: box office, but most of it went to Spyglass. Uh, and 12.5% of the box office just to be clear domestically this film made i believe 300 million dollars it made yeah uh, and it made about 700 million worldwide that's massive. It, i know and this is 1999 and it was
3: it opened to about 25 million and then it just made 20 20 20 20 for week wow. after week after
1: week
2: and wow. it opened in early august right yes that and right. i remember very distinctly 6th. this was
1: when like august was very much a no man 1999 yeah. like you didn't oh, release yeah. movies in august if it was august it was a dump And the one weekend you could get through. It's still
2: kind of true. But, oh, but, yeah. Yeah, but August six, so now. that first week, yeah. And, yeah. and that's the Guardians of the Galaxy slot. Right. That's the Hell right. slot. Right. Right. It's, so like, like, one...
1: it's encroaching yeah. now, yeah. Yeah. right. And that's the thing. If you can get something good August 6th, mm-hmm. you maybe play for the rest of the month. You yep. get four weeks of number one, yeah. and you get like sleeper sets. Yeah, stats. the Tropic Thunder kind of. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right, but you have to be good. You have to be the first week of August, and then you get the doldrums, maybe even through to September, mm-hmm. you're owning that slot. Through Labor that Day slot. For sure. Now, I remember, I might be off on one of these, but I know at least two of these three, I'm certain about. This was the weekend where, like, four movies were trying to be the breakout oh, August film. You want to see the first week? of Yes. Yeah, yeah. you want to hear believe, about the first week? I believe the I four major studio releases of that film, uh, uh, films of that weekend were um, The Sixth Sense. Yep. Mystery Men. Uh, Mystery Men had, had come out last week, the previous week. Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
3: Uh, the Iron Giant came out that weekend, correct? The Iron Giant had also come out a week before.
1: Are you sure you're on the first weekend of Sixth yep. Sense? Sometimes Box Office Mojo if you click oh, on the no. first
3: weekend. Holy shit. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. You're right. <laughs> Mystery Man, Iron Giant, Sixth Sense, and Dick? You're missing one. A film that I watched on Stars the other day
1: and holds up, The Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, oh shit. So that's like five big movies yeah. that we're all hoping they could be the breakout August. 5th.
2: Wait, so where does the Blair Witch Project? Fit
1: the Blair into this? Witch Project has
3: already been out for four weeks and oh. has already made eighty million dollars. Okay. And it's really funny because the budget, you know, Box Office Mojo always has the budget as like a you know forty, sixty, yeah. and Blair Witch Project is point oh six. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So yeah, Blair Witch is like the summer talk of the summer. That's yeah. the crazy thing. The two like most definitive horror movies of Hollywood's last twenty years came yeah. out in, like the same month. Oh basically. yeah,
1: and and couldn't be more sort of diametrically opposed. Absolutely, and one right. represents like the the last horror film of its kind made by Hollywood studio in mm-hmm. a way, and the other one becomes like the future. Right, slowly but surely becomes like everything. No, but like yeah, the movies. There's Runaway Bride is hanging around. You've
3: got Deep Blue Sea is hanging around. Phantomass
1: still in the top ten.
3: Uh, Phantom Menace just fell out of the top 10. It's number 11. Wow. You've got American Pie. You've got The Haunting. uh uh-huh. Remember with, a. Catherine Zeta-Jones and Liam Neeson and
2: what's Inspector Gadget up to uh, at this Spectre point 97 Jack- Inspector Gadget
3: is in his third week and it's made uh, 64 million dollars oh, okay. I saw that movie in theater. Yeah, the Matrix is, is done by then The Matrix is way down yep because that was it's, in April it's been out yeah, for 20 weeks movie. and yeah. has made 170 saw, like, million dollars I saw
2: all of these in theaters are I'm you kidding saying. me I didn't that... see The Sixth Sense though I don't know really? why but I saw it much later
3: were you uh, you know just uneven on horror
2: movies or did you, did you see horror. Blair Witch I saw Blair Witch I don't know I was seeing a bunch of stuff I don't know why I was in my big entertainment weekly reading phase, but I think mm. I got squid on the twist early, which we'll talk about. Sure,
3: that's uh, important. Yeah, I
2: didn't see Sixth Sense in theaters, but I saw Runaway Bride in theaters for sure. So. Oh, me too. Oh, what about Notting Hill? Where's that? Good that was oh, earlier that was in the Jesus. summer. Notting Hill has summer. been out for yeah, 12 huge,
1: weeks. Yeah, huge, huge Julia so. Summer. Yeah, Notting Hill was Julia a May, someone. right? I yeah. feel like Notting Hill came out against yeah. like weekend
3: two of Phantom Menace. We maybe? should talk. Nineteen ninety nine is like I think now officially considered
1: like the best year Hollywood has had and has for not, like, like studio a product. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. what's crazy is it's both considered like a banner year for like legitimate film and a banner year for like, like big blockbusters. Yeah. Like it was like both. It was everything in so one year.
3: Here are some other movies that are just sort of down on the list. Just like so, you know, Eyes Wide Shut, right. which is the best movie of nineteen ninety nine. Sorry, guys. Uh, Toy Story 2? No. Austin Powers 2, Wild Wild West. Obviously terrible. I'm just sort of telling yeah, you. Yeah, like, right. The well, mummy, is a huge movie, the mummy, setting which setting is huge. so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thrills. Thrills uh, and shows. Also's... Run Lola Run. Mm. Um, the Red Violin. Now I'm just yeah, yeah. Red Violin. <laughs> tea with Mussolini. <laughs> Yo, Tea with Mussolini. Charles <laughs> Dance directed <laughs> Life. That movie with Eddie Murphy and uh, Martin Lawrence oh, yeah, about prison. That yeah. yeah. movie's a huge. Bummer. Yeah. Wait, is
2: Bowfinger that summer? Bowfinger. Yeah. Yeah. Bowfinger.
3: comes out the second week of the sixth sense. It comes out next week. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Yeah, that's the thing. The Next Weekend has Bowfinger. It has uh, Detroit Rock City. Sure.
1: (laughs) So... The Sixth Sense is number one for five weeks in a row. Well, I just remember that opening weekend, everyone was like, "Oh man, it could be any one of these five films." But like Sixth Sense was maybe on the lower end of expectations. It opened to twenty six million, like very nice opening for nineteen. But I remember but nothing that being crazy. A surprise, yeah. Oh yeah, like Bruce Willis was coming out of a fallow period, right? A serious
3: fallow period. So yeah. he had
1: had like he got a bump up a couple years earlier from uh, Pulp Fiction, but the That's film's five years earlier. The films he made in between weren't that big, and it was a lot of stuff. Well, where it's he had like, Die Ar- Hard with a Vengeance, and
2: Armageddon oh, right. was the summer before.
1: That's right. So oh, that's Armageddon true. had yeah. already rebooted him. Okay, that's fair. okay. So Armageddon. I mean, when they he shot also had this, made Twelve had Monkeys, was which was amazing. Yeah, in. yeah. And He's actually a huge money maker.
2: When did the kid come? Was that after success? A year after? Oh, that. Okay, kid. that was
1: that was the post. Like, oh, I guess he's good with kids. Let's yeah. keep pairing him up yeah, with yeah. kids. Um, <laughs> that
2: movie was a big deal then because it was like Bruce Willis and another kid. Like, and it
1: has it's called Disney's The Kid. Like, it's one yeah. of those things
3: where Disney was like, we're we're putting our name on this. This is going to be
1: big. <laughs> well, you know, the number one reason that happened was uh, they um, made the film, and then whoever retained the rights to Charlie Chaplin's The Kid was like, oh, we actually own the rights. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. so they had to call. So this is like a the Lee the Daniels, Daniels it the Butler situation. situation. Yeah, it
3: was, I know that it was. Well, um, he also, you know, around then he makes the story of Us with Michelle Pfeiffer. He right. makes he makes Breakfast of Champions, which is like a legendary disaster. That comes out very shortly, very after, shortly after success. After. He disappears. Yeah. Makes no money. Right. Um, and then, you know, obviously after that, the whole Nine Yards, which uh-huh. was a big hit. Yeah. Uh, you've got um, Unbreakable, Un- Unbreakable and Bandits. Yeah. And then he goes right back into his like dead period where it's like Hearts War, Tears of the Sun, Ooh, Hostage. Just, you know these movies that it's such nobody. A weird did. career.
1: He he's got the worst.
2: He's still in there though, you
1: know. Oh, when he's good he's great. Yeah, well, cuz he had that one fucking year where he came back and it was like, "Oh, do you want Looper and Moonrise Kingdom within 4 months <laughs> of each totally, other? totally?" And then also I'm going to host Saturday night live and seem engaged and be really funny. It's yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah Bruce, uh-huh. thank you. Welcome back. Well, yeah. Here, we made a pot roast for you." And then, and then he shits
2: on the pot roast. And he made Die Hard. Uh,
3: what good day to that? Die Hard. Ugh. And he made uh Red 2.
1: Cop yeah. oh, No, Cop Out was before that.
3: Oh, oh, Pop Out, God. I saw in theaters. Pop Out. That was a, that was a really outrageously bad movie. Yeah,
2: and he's awful. He
3: yeah. is actively not awake in that yeah. movie. Like, I think someone is behind him, like, just jerking his arms around and stuff.
1: He's kind of fun in red, though,
2: right? The first red. Yeah, sure. I didn't see red, too. I
1: did um, not see
3: red, too, I'll admit.
1: Okay, so I, this is what I remember about The Sixth Sense coming out. We're such we're such box office nerds and Oscar awesome nerds love in, in, this, in this stuff. room. This like yeah. like this going is the through thing. we could do this all yeah, day. Yeah, the
2: top weekend in 1999. Oh. Like God, it's all I want to hear talk about.
1: Okay, do you want to come up? We're gonna we should do an Oscar episode, right? Oh yeah, we need to do an. Oscar I think we'll episode. do she like so much Oscar stuff. Right. I don't know
2: what what's the blank check Oscar. I mean, it'll can, be
1: the blank check awards. Is... We we
2: pick our our.
1: Awards. Oh, the blankies! I think we do the blankies. By the way, our fans are called blankies. Now. Okay, yeah. No, I um, think I heard that. But we do the blank checks, aka the blankies. I think we'll do like Oscar weekend. We'll release an episode where we do our picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds yeah. fun. Right? That'd be fun. Uh, I mean, we should totally do that. Yeah, we should do that. But wait, I, I just wanted to. All right, so let me just tell you guys. 99 is so crazy.
3: Uh, the, yeah. the Sixth Sense weekend. It opens yeah. to 26 million. The next week, it makes 25.7 million. Mm-hmm. That's Bananas. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. And the next weekend, it makes $23.9 Jeez. The yeah. weekend after that, it makes $20 million, And the weekend after that, which is Labor Day weekend, it makes $29 million. Jesus Christ. Wow. So it's five weeks in a row, number one. And then it goes like 16, eight, you know, 11, so what's 8, it up to? 7. It drops like 20% every week. What's the total after week five,
1: after Labor Day weekend? The total after Labor Day weekend is $176 million. Which today, adjusted for inflation, would be like $300 million.
2: And what did you say the budget was?
1: Uh, budget $40 million.
2: That's that's actually kind of expensive, kind for of that high, movie, yeah.
1: For a movie that's actually pretty
3: like low on the sort of like big set pieces. But or it, looks anything, really it looks really good, looks very expensive. So I think this is the first thing we should say. This is an incredible looking movie, and every it's beautifully composed, and yeah. it's crazy. I'm not saying Wide Awake is doesn't look terrible, yeah, but it is crazy to watch Wide Awake and then to see this movie and think like how did where did this come? It's from It's crazy that this is his third
1: film. That, like in a weird opening way, sequence yes. with the reflection oh, in, uh, the, uh, in the in the freaking
3: plaque he got, that he, he got.
1: got fucking tax. Fujimoto to shoot this yep. who is Jonathan Demi's guy and is like a, a king a master yeah. right um but but also it's like in a way if this was his first film which a lot of people think it is erroneously I,
2: yeah I, I keep thinking I actually keep thinking Unbreakable came before this which is also wrong
1: mm-hmm. fascinating I know um if this was his first film it would almost make more sense than it being his third film do you know what I'm saying like yeah it, sure because then you're like whoa here's this guy like uh-huh. wow, came out just... fully formed he's Orson Welles or if it was his 10th movie and it's like, oh, you see the slow build.
2: Well, if Orson Welles had been making movies in the 90s, he probably would have had some shitty NYU student film. That, yeah. Like. hundred you know, percent. Well, I don't know. Sorry, I haven't it. seen it. I have seen I'd watch it. I don't know if it's but shitty.
1: That, oh, but then so he, has, it. he has like a mediocre, although deeply profound to me as a eight-year-old, uh, Miramax like mm-hmm. dramedy. Yeah. Griffin was the one person who liked Wide Awake when it came it out. It spoke to me. I wow. saw it in theaters. Um David, for the listener Sometimes at home, Ben's, has put his I just hand like, oh, on Ben's, Ben's shoulder. to me, and I just put my—I'm <laughs> very a touchy He's such a great guy. Um, th- but, but, yeah, it's there's such a humongous leap between, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Wide Awake and um, Praying with Anger have the same strengths and the same weaknesses. And then mm-hmm. Success, very all few of a strength sudden— strengths and lots of weaknesses. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's just, like, totally clicking. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that, like, okay, he's got a great cinematographer. You know, he has a bigger budget. He wrote such a good script and he's got great actors that the studio clearly gave him time to get it right. Yeah. It feels like they gave him space to get it right. Yeah, I bet
2: they shot this movie for like 20 weeks or something crazy. It feels
1: very immaculate, you know? It feels like a sort of he's got a lot of control over every image, mm-hmm. the rhythms, every cut. Um, And I think part of that's because of how deliberately it needs to be constructed in order for the twist to pay off and then to work the second time. Right. It feels like
3: they really— When you know the twist, certainly the movie certainly has this, like, calibration to every scene where it's like everything needs to line up with what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I
1: feel like the 40000000 million—because if I remember correctly, when this film—I think Bruce Willis had pulled out of another Touchstone film, and he owed them one.
3: Okay. Sure.
1: I think there was a factor into this where Bruce Willis maybe got paid less than he usually did because it was sort of a contractual obligation based on another thing that had gone wrong.
2: According to this piece of paper that is here, he earned $10 million for The Sixth Sense. So he was a quarter of the budget. But yes, he had backed out of another Disney project, and he so he signed a three-picture deal with them to make up go. for it, which led to Armageddon, The Sixth Sense, and The Kid. Disney's, okay. the, kid.
3: That's Disney's the Kid. Disney's The Kid. Disney's The Kid. Um, uh, 10 million's not bad but I bet his quote was higher I'm willing to believe oh his, yeah,
1: yeah he was probably coming close to
3: 20 at that point point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's back when the 20 million dollar actor was mm-hmm. like remember it was like oh these there's eight 20 million dollar
1: actors yeah. you know and there's
2: like fewer now which oh, is total. how yeah. crazy things are but there, right. there
1: was like a weird 20 million dollar boom where like Jim Carrey was the first with the cable guy Yeah, and then well, ev- everyone lost their mind about that everyone started getting 20 yeah. yeah, They started handing out 20 to anybody. Mm-hmm. Chris Tucker got 20 million this... for Rush Hour 2. Well, uh, deservedly. Yeah, but and it was also his fourth movie. Have out. you ever heard the Soderbergh story about
3: Julia Roberts? No. So she got 20 for maybe Notting Hill, like what, some picture around
1: 99, 2000. Maybe I forget Christmas which wedding, one it was. Or, it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it would have been after my best friend's wedding. Yeah, cause cause that, was a, sort of yeah that was her. Combat. I think yeah. Notting Hill and Runaway Bride. She maybe got twenty each. Might have been Runaway Bride. Yeah. Anyway,
3: so she got twenty mil, and I guess that was well known. And he wanted her for Ocean's Eleven, so he sent her an envelope with a twenty dollar bill in it, and it uh, with a note saying, "Like I want you for Ocean's Eleven. or Here, you got twenty. A
1: picture now. <laughs> what, what, a, a what a guy! What a fucking guy! What
3: a fucking guy! It worked. And it
1: worked. Oh, and it worked. worked. Um, and Love uh, that story. We well, had already gotten her an Oscar at that point, right? Uh, well,
3: mm-hmm. maybe not before he shot Ocean's
1: Eleven. Not sure, because it's the year Damn. after. Because Soderbergh like, yeah. made
3: Aaron Brockovich, then Traffic, then Ocean's Eleven in a two-year period.
1: Well, so Aaron Brockovich comes same. out March of 2000, and then yeah. Ocean's Eleven comes out November 2001. So they might have been right, yeah. December 2000. So they knew each other by then. So he'd, pro- he'd shot Aaron Brockovich, but she probably hadn't won at the point that yeah. they started shooting. But I mean, you know.
2: Yeah. That okay. was
1: in the bag. Talk about an Oscar when that was in the bag. No. Oh. Um, she, I. Was, she can't let that
2: orchestra cut her off. Oh, boy. Shut up, that stick man.
1: I remember at my uh, whatever Oscar party I went to with my parents, um, the, Whatever the, when I was like six or seven, whatever year The English Patient came out. 98. I had not seen no, it. No,
2: English Patient was 96.
1: You're totally right. What's the it's matter right, with it was me? Before,
2: it was before Titanic.
1: Yeah, because Titanic's 97. Yeah. What's 98? Shakespeare in Love is 98. 98. Shakespeare in yeah. yeah. Love. Oh, yeah. So much better than The yeah. English Patient. Okay, so 96, the 97 awards. We're gonna talk about Six Sense, Ben. I promise, <laughs> Ben. I he, he printed out all this information <laughs> for us. Ben has printed out four, three pages with with uh, seventeen bullet points. I got it from
4: Mental Floss. I just wanted to oh.
1: be a p- good producer and try to, you know. Yeah, I didn't give but you. But he when highlighted I read off the ones that earlier. he thinks are most important. Um, ninety ninety seven Academy Awards. I go to a party with my parents and their friends, and everyone's like putting in money. And I was like, "What's this?" It's like, "Oh, if you guess the most correct winners." You win the pot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll do this. And they're like, but Griffin, you haven't seen any of the movies other than, I don't know, like, Flubber was babe. nominated, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, babe. No, babe. Babe would have been think, nominated that year. Was Babe the same year? No, was Babe was it 95. Before? 95, okay. you're right. I don't know what I had seen, if anything. But I just know I was like, well, these yeah, grown-ups keep it. on talking about the right. English patient. So yeah. I picked the English patient in every single I mean, category. I believe it won <laughs> like eight or nine Oscars. And I came in second place for the night. Yeah. I was the only one who had Binoche. Because everyone else assumed it was going to Bacall, and I was just like, lady from the English patient. Boom. So then they were like, this is the kid. (laughs) And so like every year after (laughs) that, when I came to the the party, they were like, this is Disney's the kid. It's called improv. When I came to the party, they were like, this kid. He picks wild. He's going to win. <laughs> so I came in the next year and I was like eight and they were like, kid, what you got? And I was like, full Monty. <laughs> and what? I picked full you Monty. You go full
2: Titanic. Come on. You could have repeated the same strategy. No, I was and like, why I, pick, a I picked
1: Titanic in every other category and picked full Monty for best picture. <laughs> and they were like, what are you talking about? Titanic's going. I was like, just watch me. So the next year I came back and they were like, Kid fucking lost it. He's like, <laughs> over the hill. We shouldn't. And you know what I picked for Best Picture? Shakespeare in Love. Because I'd seen it, and I hadn't seen Save a Private Ryan because oh. it was too violent. So I was the only one at the party who had Shakespeare in Love. And I remember throwing my hands over the air and running in circles is it Harrison
3: lap? Ford who's like, Shakespeare in love. in love? Yeah. God, what a great movie. Anyway, great The movie. Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense. Guys. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Uh, Katie, so, what did you think of the movie?
2: So, this movie is great. I, all right. I have one gripe, as Ben mentioned before the thing started, but I don't want to start talking about the twist yet. I feel like we got to build, gotta build, we gotta build it, up but, the twist. But okay. FYI,
3: guys, we are going to spoil the ending of yes. The yes. Sixth yes. in case as, you want yeah.
2: to <laughs> yeah. keep that. Uh, Here, all right, yeah. Here's my overarching theory that I think we can start with. I think okay. Tony Collette is the secret weapon of this movie. Agreed. hundred percent. She is the reason. this is. She's, n- so she's not good. the MVP, only reason, but like, oh I my would argue, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I have the exact same thesis. Oscar yeah. nominated, we should mention. Yes. Her only Oscar nominated.
2: No way. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree that I think she's the turnkey of the entire film. Working. Yeah,
2: but also Haley Joel Osment is so much better than I ever would have remembered on my own. Mm. Like, because I kid acting in general for me, I, like Jacob Tremblay, good on you. I don't wish. You yeah, I me. Mean, that's nomination. how I feel
3: too. I but mean, but Haley Joel
2: Osment is great.
3: in this. Well, he's given a performance. Yeah, is what I he's would say. actually it is that acting, rare thing. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, and he'd been acting since he was like. Too, so right, and his
1: dad was, was Forrest Gump Jr. Yeah,
3: yeah, uh, you know, I, like you know, he was from like an acting family. His
2: dad was like an
1: acting teacher. I listened to his episode WTF. It's, his father had like sort of been an actor, he's and then the became of
3: WTF. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, his dad like functioned his as his faction. acting coach.
1: His father, Eugene Michael
3: Osmond, is a theater and movie actor. Okay, who made sure his son wore the read the entire screenplay and like sort of coached him through it. You know, like mm-hmm. you know.
1: But you often see child performances that you can tell our coach. Well, we talk about Jake Lloyd. Right, right. And it's like they're repeating the line readings their parents gave Mm -hmm. them in the trailer. And like, okay, it makes sense that this kid had a real deal actor coaching him through it. Like he had a dad, someone he was comfortable with, you know. But
2: I mean, he's he's, like... he's. but he's, Go
1: got, he's got the he's fucking got. He's responding to,
2: to Bruce Willis in the yes. scenes. Yeah. He's, like, yeah. I mean, he's a real actor. Like the, the scene, though, is also incredibly well shot where Tony Collette's going to the washing machine and she comes back in the kitchen oh. and the cabinets are all open. It's so chilling. So yeah. And scary. Haley Joel Osment is great in it because he's reacting. Yeah, I think the- That
3: scene is so frightening. It's so Me scary. and Ben were talking about how this movie is really scary for the first 50 minutes, which yeah. is how long it takes before he reveals what's happening to Insane. him. Insane. Where then, you're
2: like,
1: what's up with this kid? But yeah.
2: then after that, you get the Misha <laughs> Barton stuff. It gets even scarier. <laughs> no, that's
1: also- I'm not joking- yeah, Jeez, You know, I want, I want to do this. I want to talk about, just because this film was so much about expectations, how much it caught everyone by surprise, the film itself. So you, you said, Katie, you saw it late. Yeah. You didn't see when it was released. I think
2: I knew. I think I was reading Entertainment Weekly, and I knew the twist by then somehow. I, I think I saw it in theaters, but like in September or something like that.
1: Okay. Okay, but you did see it when I in its run, but so. went into it knowing yeah. probably the sense of what it was. Yeah. David, do you remember when you saw it? I mean, what your I saw it in theaters, didn't know the twist. Was awesome. Nah, I remember that's seeing. The way to do it. I remember knowing
3: almost nothing about it. I barely remember. I mean, we're talking a
1: long time ago now.
3: It's right, a bummer. But yes. far, far away.
1: Yeah. My parents uh, hated Bruce Willis. I very much was raised in a way where they I were loved like, Bruce Willis. Oh, I started loving him after this, but I definitely like inherited. This was maybe one of the first times I. Like, split from my parents, mm. where they were like, Hey, our movie stars that we like are like Bill Murray. Like, that's like, we, you know, we were like a Bill we are Murray a family. Bill Murray this household. is a Bill Murray family. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. And then they'd be like, We don't find Jim Carrey funny. And I was like, Okay, we don't find Jim Carrey funny. Oh, like, I remember I having. found t- Jim Carrey very funny. Yeah. I had to discover him on my own later because my parents were like, Jim Carrey's not funny. And I was like, Okay, Jim Carrey's not funny. And they were like, If Bill you Murray.
2: had been 10 when Ace Ventura came out, you would have had no choice in the matter. You would have found him funny. No,
1: but I remember all my friends going to see all the Jim Carrey movies and me going into school being like, I don't see Jim Carrey movies. He's not funny. <laughs> like, I just like, parroted back what my parents said. I was like, he just acts with his mouth too much. Do you guys know why I liked Bruce Willis? Why North. Oh, oh, David. North. I liked North. Do you know why I liked
3: uh, Bruce Willis' movie? Also, I had seen like uh, The Fifth Element and Armageddon. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. I like I knew my Bruce Willis. This
1: was probably my very first Bruce Willis. That's quite movie. possible. Well, yeah. wait, wait, why? Uh, I was gonna say Bruno the Kid. It's a dumb joke. Do you remember the cartoon yeah. show that was him as a little kid as a secret agent? <laughs> I do, yeah. And he played harmonica.
3: Bruce Willis made some weird choices.
1: He made some terrible choices. Bruno the Kid. Uh, I remember they had a Wendy's Kids Meal promotion, and then I started watching the show because I wanted to know what, what, what the toys were based off.
2: Wow, that, that merchandise really worked on you. <laughs> yeah, Merchandise Spotlight.
1: I mean, Griffin's <laughs> a come on, you listen to the podcast. <laughs> yes, merchandise really works on it. It does its it does its number. Merchandise <laughs> is essentially like I was a kid where if you had an advertising campaign you could like test how well it was working based on whether or not i would absorb it as a life mantra so Um, i remember like adults would be like griffin what do you want to be when you grow up i'd be like i don't want to grow up i'm a toys r us kid and i thought that was a legitimate answer to that question um i want to revisit the tony Collette thing because
3: i do think it's crucial because i think that so many actors would have played her as a trashy yeah like kind of fucked up mom right Mm -hmm. like would have would have made very easy choices in that with that role yeah And it's that she's not like that, that you're like, okay, this is not, you know, I don't know. It makes the
1: first half of the movie succeed. Obviously it makes the second. Go on. Okay, you're well, I was just gonna say the the uh, thing about my parents didn't like Bruce Willis, so when the movie was coming out, my dad was like, "Ah, oh, another dumb Bruce Willis movie." Like, I think he even thought it was an action movie. Sure. It was like some dumbers. Although Willis it movie. had this like esoteric, weird poster with like a kid coming out of a glowing light. Remember? Yeah, it, and it had like the first sense of sight, the second sense yeah, of sound. Yeah, like it had the so lit. it
2: was kind of marketed as like a spooky thriller yeah. kind of. And thing. that was yeah. part
3: of I think Shyamalan being like, "You guys fucked up the marketing for Wide Awake. You had made it be about a." Goofy nun who plays baseball. Because right. Rosie O'Donnell's <laughs> in the movie for like 10 minutes. So they were like, this is, we're going to just go yeah. hard on Rosie O'Donnell. So he, I think, was like, we're going to do this as I want to do it. Like, and if it doesn't work, then you know, I'm out of the business. When I don't know.
1: Bruce Willis's name was above the title, but I believe in the main one sheet, his face was not on it. It was the yes. silhouette of the kid. They're, they later a made the a senses.
3: one sheet right. with his face. And, like, see, uh,
2: yeah. I I didn't know if the, the simpler one was the one that came out later when it was like there's a spooky movie you should see. Like, I don't, I, I, it's, it's unclear to me how much people knew to be scared of The Sixth Sense when they. Well, went that's
1: into a, it. that's why I kind of want to get at this because I I don't know if I was just more sheltered from it than most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um,
2: we're looking at the poster
1: it's a very evocative poster. Good poster. Um, I knew very little about it. I think I saw it with my dad maybe in its third week of release. Sure. And like he had very much written off when it came out. But it was such a hit that you were
3: interested? Was that
1: part of it? Well, it was like that thing where my dad was like, I've heard from a lot of people. It's really good. It's really scary. And I was like, I don't like scary movies. And he was like, the kid that's supposed to be amazing. So And you like that. I, I really He didn't w- tell you this is from the director of Wide Awake, your favorite movie. I didn't know that until years later. Sure, right, right. And here's what's fascinating: I walked out of Sixth Sense and was like, "This guy's my favorite director," not knowing that he had already made one of my favorite <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
2: IMDb really would have helped you out back then.
1: Yeah, yeah. hardcore. Oh yeah. Um, but my dad, uh, I, I really wanted to be an actor. My parents didn't want me to be like a child actor, um, and so I, and I went to school where we didn't do plays. Uh-huh. So when kids were good in movies, I was, like, very engaged because I had the sense of, like, jealousy, but I was also, like, appreciation. like that, too. I, not the jealousy part, but I yeah. certainly
3: was engaged by, like, the kid actors of our generation, like Macaulay Culkin and Mara Wilson and those kids who were like, yes.
1: oh, like, I recognize it. Like, there's that person right. again. Yeah. And I remember I I feel like the main reason my dad took me to see the movie was, like, everyone says this kid's really good. Mm-hmm. we got to see this kid. And all I knew was, like, At that point, I guess the TV ads had the I see dead people line. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, it's about ghosts. It's about a kid, Bruce Willis, who my parents don't like, but I have no sense of who he is. I know nothing else. And I think a key to this is, I know we'll talk about the twist thing later. I want to talk more about Tony Collette. But I don't remember at that point in time, and I don't know if it was just the environment I was in. No one primed me for it to be a twist movie. Sure. I remember three weeks no into one went release, in saying like
3: holy shit, this
1: movie's ending is crazy like which but I, but I think
2: that's wrong. probably what like adults were saying.
3: Part yeah. of the word
1: of mouth
2: yeah, yeah.
3: Must yeah. Have I, mean, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah.
1: if it was just that I was young, but I remember hearing it's very scary. I remember hearing this kid's amazing he might win the Oscar and mm-hmm. even three weeks into release, like I remember when M night Shyamalan makes his cameo as the doctor. I recognized him on screen what? in the movie. Wow. Because I had seen so many interviews with him, oh, right, right. he's been like
2: on Entertainment Tonight, and whatever, stuff. yeah,
1: Entertainment uh-huh. Tonight, and you know, at the movies I was watching, you know, all those shows, he was starting to circulate around as like you know the young hotshot director because he was like twenty nine. Mm-hmm. The movie was doing insanely well, and it was sort of like that rare thing where like a film just sort of catches like wildfire, and everyone has to see it to be part sure. of the conversation. Yeah, and it's not a pre-built property. Right. Well, so, that,
2: that it happened right after the Blair Witch Project is so, like, yes. there it is were two movies Insane. that did that in one summer and right. it yeah. worked both times. Right. Yeah.
1: Now, this is a PG-13
3: movie. Yes. Which people forget because mm-hmm. it sort of, it sort of, you know, walks the line. Yeah. But, uh whereas Blair Witch Project, thing was more of a grown-up movie and, like, a college yeah, oh, movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. Like, and the Blair Witch Project was that thing where we went in being told, like, you'll never be so, like, fucking scared, like, watching this thing. But, I remember I
1: was going in expecting
3: just, like, the most
1: terrifying yeah. ride of my life. I'm sure there were water cooler conversations that were like, man, crazy twist ending. Sure. But I remember the more dominant thing being it, until, kid, like, a little kid. later. Well, the kid, but also people being like, it's so fucking scary. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Or people being like, you have to see it. You won't believe how scary it is. And so that's what I went in primed for. Um, the film, you know like all great horror f- films do, invest you immediately emotionally in the characters. Yeah. And it's the way that, I mean, Haley Joel Osment's incredible. Tony Collette's incredible. But it, those two characters are so well written too. But I feel like not hitting any of the overly cliche points Mm -hmm. of like, okay, the father left them. Sure. The mother's scraping by. The
2: kid is troubled. The
1: kid's troubled. She was close to her mother who just died. Mm -hmm. You know, they're really kind of like just pulling it together. And I love that thing
3: that the movie starts with like Bruce Willis is like, oh, okay, this is like an absent father thing. The kid's holding on to that. And it's a scene where the kid walk you know, where Haley Johnson has to walk towards him when he's right and walk away Mm -hmm. when he's wrong. Yeah. And
1: then Haley Johnson's like, oh, do you get it? And then he's like, ah, no, you don't get it. And then like leave.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well,
1: it's like my big takeaway from watching this movie is it's like, it's kind of a perfect screenplay. Yeah, great, great screenplay. In the sense that, like, you could just make a college screenwriting course just this script. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't argue it's the best script of all time, but if you're looking to show, like, hey, here's how a script should function, here's
2: how you put all the pieces in place that make everything you want to do later on pay off.
1: Right. Right. But it's also like a lot of very active, like, show don't tell choices where it's like, how do you get the characterization out? thing with the game, the mind reading game mm-hmm. is like so strong. The scene that comes right before that, it's actually part of the same scene, but the dialogue exchange that comes right before that, where Tony Collette greets Haley Jill Osment and she goes, So how was your day today?
3: Oh, and they do this
1: sort of yeah. fade. I won the lottery. Yeah, it's such a good it's scene. It's so good. And I remember that hitting me so hard, even as a child of like I recognize that as being the type of mother I see of other kids around me. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kid where there's something sad, and I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Yeah, and so it's a single mother. And they both get it. Like she seems both, sweaty, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, but she really, really loves him, she and she's trying her hardest seen. to put a good face on. Yeah,
2: and you know what detail this isn't in the screenplay, but it's visually that there's a puppy and a kitten, like right, maybe yeah. two puppies, like running around this house, and mm-hmm. you don't know why they're there, and they keep showing up like in the middle of things, and mm-hmm. they're in the way. They're not characters, but you're like, oh, this is a house where they would just get a puppy, right? Like maybe to make up for the dad leaving, or yeah, something like, right, that. Right. and she. Is a woman who would want to bring like more helpless creatures into her yes. house.
1: Right. Yes, hundred yes. percent. No, that character is so well done, and she she really downplays it. You could have gone harder totally on the accent, it. and even the design of the character. I mean, the nails are like good, but not overdone. Yeah. No, the yeah.
2: shirts are too tight and too shiny, but right. not crazy. You,
1: you have Helen
3: Hunt in Pay It Forward around uh, the same time, another <laughs> Haley Joel yes, movie, yeah. where she has, like been shot in the face with makeup and like has <laughs> these like crazy like bank teller nails right. and like. You know that's like the bad version of this, but
1: character. you you get the sense of history, which is she was probably you know like a total heartbreaker. Oh, Tony Collette, yeah, totally. You know, got together with a guy, got pregnant like eighteen or nineteen. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, then right. like reality set in.
3: That's a good question. Let I me would, tell you. Ya... Guess thirty four. No, 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 no. You think she she was older? Or way younger? younger than that. Really? So she, yeah, she was born still... in seventy two.
1: So this was 20, She was twenty seven. Yeah, around 26, yeah. twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. so like so yeah. she's really young. Yeah, right. so like teen yeah. pregnancy, you know. So it's like she was like the prettiest girl. Mm-hmm. She I mean, gets she's together playing a little older, is my guess,
3: because that's how Hollywood treated Tony Clottey. It was like, oh, you're like the ugly duckling from Muriel's Wedding. Yeah. Why don't you play like the
1: friend? Well, so
2: Haley Joel Osment is eight yeah. in this. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so she would have had him when she was like eighteen.
1: Right. Yeah. Um. But I, I think you get the whole sense of history there, where it's like you know reality sets in. She has to start working. She starts aging. Wow,
3: you're really you're digging deep into this. Oh, yeah. well, and the
1: guy the guy leaves her. You yeah, know? sure, sure. Right. You know, and you get the sense of all that in this woman who now has like kind of fucked, you know, had all this. Yeah, potential. and has a kid who's really uh, weird. Who she loves. Yeah. Who she loves. But uh, can't unreservedly, help. but doesn't know how to fucking deal with it.
3: No, and also the kid is showing signs of being like an abused kid, and that's no good for her. And there's right. that scene with Shyamalan as the doctor, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, and
2: you get why he would look at her askance, because she has all the signs of it, but you also believe in her so much that she wouldn't hurt him. Right. That, yeah, like, no, totally. It's, it's right. developed really well up to that point.
1: But what a really, I mean, God, God what a good fucking performance. Yeah. Um, and and there, there's the scene. Is it the one with the cupboards? I mean, that one's really well played. Ooh. What a good fucking, because it's one continuous shot with no cuts. Yeah. So they're at the table. It goes handheld. It's she goes when the she's taking room, his tie up. off. She's yeah, dumping yeah, yeah. it in the thing. She's getting right. another tie oh, got for him. A little clip on ties. Yeah. But it's like, he's got such a good sense, Shyamalan, at this point, of um, using spatial geography to scare people, mm-hmm. to establish where everything is, mm. and then without a cut, yeah. terrifying people by having them go, I don't understand how that could have happened. Even from it's, a filmmaking perspective, yeah. how you could have opened all those cupboards that quickly. It's the in cheapest one special shot. effect in the world. It's yeah. true.
2: You get three PAs to go run and open oh, cabinets. Yeah, not even
1: mean, a noise. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's great about it too is, because I remember that being the moment that really started to like put me on edge watching it for the first the, time. It's startling. Yeah. Um, you hear her scream before you see what she's screaming at. Mm. Right. So you follow her from behind. She throws the tie into the washing machine. She comes out, you ah! Oh! And the camera spins around, and you see the cupboards, and he's just sitting there still but looks haunted. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And his face and is so there's,
1: perfect. There's I know. that shot afterwards of, like, the palm print uh-huh. on the table. He's terrified, but he can't show her why he's terrified because he already is aware of the fact that he's putting her through too yeah, much. Yeah, he's
2: trying to protect her right. by asking for the Pop-Tarts.
1: But he also knows that she's going to get angry Comfort, at him, yeah. so he doesn't, Comfort. like, so good. Um, And, yeah, what's the one where she's, like, What's the scene where she sort of breaks down and is like, stop, stop being so weird. I need you to like be normal. Oh. One of the weird scenes where something happens. It's
2: before he gets locked in the cabinet by those mean kids at the party, right? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a
1: tough scene. Oh, God. There's a scene where most movies would have gone into the cabinet and this yeah. movie doesn't need to. Now, I don't know how much of this was intentional or not, but the, the character of the other kid at school, who's the child actor Trevor Howard. Yes. Uh, uh, Tommy, no, Tommy Tomasino. Trevor Morgan is his Trevor name. Trevor Morgan, not Trevor Howard. Uh, I worked with him in a film called Butt Whistle. <laughs> that was not what it was called when we shot it. And sometimes... Oh, wow. It came out like two years ago. Yeah, it was shot like four years ago. I mean,
3: I know him mostly from The Glass House and Jurassic Park 3 when yep. he was like sort of the stock annoying kid. Mm-hmm. Remember The Glass House? Yep. What a weird movie that is. Um, oh, That's like basically Lili Sobieski is afraid for two hours that Stellan Scars is going to rape her. Yes. Ooh. Awful horror movie.
1: Uh, you know how terrible. He's this gonna g-
3: get away from him. He's gonna that's get that's him. that movie. <laughs> go, Lily. Go. Different house. <laughs> Leave the glass house. Go to a
1: different house. <laughs> go on, sir. Or throw some stones. It's called improv. He he plays uh, this kid who's been in a cough syrup commercial. Yeah, and right. now thinks he's like big shit. Hot shit. And keeps on referencing acting, like the opening scene where like Tony Collette's look no, at the okay. window. Okay, so sure is he's that the same alone. kid,
3: the improv kid? Yes, yeah, it
1: yeah, is. Because yeah, yeah. Ben was asking
3: me who's that kid, and I couldn't remember. Is that Trevor Howard? Yes, I mean, Trevor, Trevor Morgan. Morgan. It's all the same kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, I was interested in his name. I just like that line.
3: Well, this <laughs> yeah. is a UCB podcast. This yeah, is UCB you podcast. like that
4: the improv? UCB yeah. yeah. Well, because I wanted to pull the clip, and I mean, we didn't really get to it. We were trying to we find it on it. YouTube, but I mean, it's a pretty that's a pretty obscure sixth sense scene. Yeah. But but what will happen is after we record this and post, I'm going to yeah. add that line throughout the episode. <laughs> you'll keep
3: adding it in. Whenever you guys have like a good riff
4: moment. Oh, whenever we go on a tangent? Improv. That hasn't happened so far. So
1: you'll play it right now, but it'll also, at this point, be the seventh time you played it? In? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, that, yeah. Where he's like, yeah, did you like that? It's called Improv. It was a good choice by me, right? When I put my
3: arm around your shoulder. Now, I find this very interesting because- He's made three movies with bullies now. Three yes. in a row. Yes. Wide Awake and Praying with Ooh. Anger, both very bully heavy. Yeah, He's obs- M. Night Shyamalan probably really got beat up as a kid. Oh, Obsessive yeah. Well, boys. I, I yeah. mean,
2: I think it says later Phillips prove he has, you know, problems with criticism. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: very good point, Katie. Well said. I
4: don't
1: That's know a if he Preview has any, of future episodes. Does
3: he have siblings? Because he does kind of feel like the special, like his
1: parents are just like an only you child. You're the greatest. Whether like- or not he had siblings, he definitely was the special child. Right. Right. So here's some things I picked up on. Okay. Haley Joel Osmond's character in this film is kind of the same character as Joseph Cross' character in Wide Awake*. Sure, and, and someone who's
3: sort of like on the bleeding edge of like being in touch with something supernatural.
1: Yes, and is super precocious, yeah. wise beyond his years. His parents don't know how to deal with him. Very true. Obsessed with death, right? Yeah, yeah. The difference between- Tony
3: Collette is like the Dennis Leary of this movie. Yes. Dennis Leary's in Wide Awake*.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm learning so much about this movie I'm yeah. never going to see. You're it. never going to see it.
1: Katie, it's a delight. It's so bad. <laughs> if you want to know what it would be like to raise little Griffin- you know what? I'm going to listen
2: Awake. to the podcast that yeah. has, as yeah. we record, this not been released. So yeah, then I'll but you will
1: listen and, and you'll be delighted by our wonderful commentary. Yes. Um, now, M.I. said when he made Wide Awake that his goal was to make a comedy that could make you cry. And so, like, everything the kid says in Wide Awake is, like, quote-unquote profound. Oh, boy. must we talk about Wide Awake. <laughs> but it's, like, simultaneously, like, touching and funny. It's so bad. And this film, he just makes... Like this is like the real life version of what the Joseph Cross kid would be. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Like no, in yeah, Wide yeah. Awake, he's like a movie kid. But and he in this, doesn't it's like homilies. Like, but that's the point. Yeah. A kid who was like that obsessed with death, mm-hmm. and is that wise beyond his years, wouldn't be like funny and charming about it. He'd be totally weighed down by it. He would act like Haley Joel Osment what? does in this film. Yeah. He'd wear little glasses. He'd walk around. He would constantly look oh, like he was on the, the verge of tears. With the glasses is that shooest. Oh. And the little shock of white hair. Um. <gasps> And I also think he was a cute kid actor. I so I, I I, I oh, can't God. stand
2: kid actors, but Haley Joel Osment works.
1: Yeah, he works. He's so present. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. It's like he he's so. We got to talk about Bruce Willis, though. I feel like That's now we're, we're giving Bruce
3: short shrift because it's well, yeah. true that he was the least discussed, I think, of the three big performances in this
1: movie. But it's a, he's, he's very pretty good. good I want to talk about Haley a little more and oh, then we can fuck. get on to Bruce Willis. out now. You okay. know who he lost to? at the Oscars can you remember Michael Caine, you know, said House Rules. Michael I was Kane. furious oh, I, know. Yeah. I never wanted anyone to win an Oscar more than I did that year Haley Joel Osment That's crazy because I really wanted Tom Cruise to win or well, I hadn't Jude yeah. yeah, Law yeah, yeah yeah It was Michael
2: Clark Duncan number 5 in that crowd there
3: Michael Caine is not great in the Cider House Rules and I love Michael Caine. Yeah, he's I one of the best actors of all I completely
2: forgot that was Is that his only Oscar he uh, has two Oscars because uh, he's Han great and her in *Handy okay, he Sisters*. he has great *Handy Sisters*. Yeah,
1: that is a fine win. But he was not at the ceremony because he was filming *Jaws* for *The Revenge*. Uh, for Hannah and her sisters. Yeah. Yes. He was at the ceremony. <laughs> he, was time, he, was the he was doing a remake of Joss for the... Remember when he lost night. for the Quiet American and he was furious?
3: And it was like, dude, you were you never going to win yeah. for the Quiet American. You can see his like, red like angry just face. Lost. Well, no,
2: Quiet American was after Sidon
3: It was like three years yeah, later. It was the area Jim Brody. It was the yeah. area Jim Brody, yeah. it was the Jim Brody yeah. beat like, the field that was like uh, Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis, Nicolas Cage, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. It was four guys who've won already.
1: And Michael Caine. Improv's going to go right there, right, Ben? Yeah.
4: It's called improv. All right, we're back. <laughs> I remember the
1: narrative being that year. Honestly, the campaign narrative was, that year was, well, Michael Caine's won before, but he didn't get to give a speech. Okay. So we should give okay. him the Oscar. Wow. I mean, they never give it to kids except for Anna Paquin. My, yeah. dad, my dad explained that to me, and I was like, no, there's no way he can lose. This is, like, the best performance I've ever seen. And, like, admittedly, I'd seen, like, 12 performances at that point. <laughs> but I was like, this is the best performance of all time. And I remember the year before that was... Um, uh, uh Ving Rames wins the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a TV movie for Don King. Don King only in America, only in America. Yeah. and, and he, he gets up there and he's he gets like, i nominated on stage. against Jack Lemon. Oh my god, my acting idol! I got to give the award it's to the him. The corniest yeah. thing in the oh world, but Ving Rhames totally. Pulls I just saw it off. that yeah. for,
2: I guess, the first time since 1998, and it's incredible. And Jack, so Jack Lemon is like so embarrassed, That's but kind of delighted. Thing. Jack Lemon's
3: <laughs> yeah. like huh oh, okay and isn't it for like it's for like the 12 angry men remake it's yes, not even exactly. for like some seminal jack <laughs> yeah. lemon
4: performance
1: yeah, it's, for it's
3: the not tw- even fucking tuesdays with Mario over no. here
1: no it's it's the 12 angry Men remake and uh, like when he did like the fucking like red carpet line of like posing this for the is photographs, a real tangent he had, oh my no God. no because i remember sitting there at the oscar night and they go michael Caine, and i went wait hold on guys hold on Kane might give the Oscar to Haley. Joel. Like, I really thought Kane was going to. And there was the point in the speech where he was like, oh, my God, there's my God. There's young lad out there. He said, "He said, Haley, I remember seeing your performance and going, well, there's no chance I win this year. I'm not even going to try to do the accent. But he was Haley, like, he said I it. And I was like, either. guys, That's hold on. He's going to do it. He's going <laughs> to give the Oscar to Haley Joel. But this, when this landed, you were like, this isn't just a great performance from a child. Because someone mm-hmm. like Jacob Tremblay or like Wavons a. Wallace, you're like, this is a great performance, but it might be the director, the circumstances, yeah. the part. Yeah, and then it's a kid with a lot of good energy. Like, right. it's being captured very well. Yeah. Right? The thing, the
2: thing like with Like, Wallace and Jacob Tremblay are a lot of voiceover, which is always right. your first clue. Of course, like, of course. Yeah, but, yeah there's but, a lot I, of, like,
3: okay, and let's try it again. Yeah, and not sure. that they're not
2: great kids and don't deserve all their success.
3: Well, I mean, yeah. and I'm actually more in on Jacob Tremblay after his speech at the Critics' Choice Awards, <laughs> where cute. I'm like, wow, this is a poised kid. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, poised maybe kid. this kid knows what he's talking but about. But what's
1: amazing about heli Joel Osmond is he feels, his craft is so strong he feels um really restrained which is a thing you don't see from kids mm-hmm. performances where it's like he's not giving us everything he has he's holding a lot back mm-hmm. in a way that is engaging cuz most kids it's like if you're going to get a good performance out of them it's them going whole hog um and and i remember it feeling at the time not like oh this is an insane fluke performance from a kid but like this is the next major actor yeah there's no question this guy grows up to become yeah. He's the male Jodie Foster. That's what he's going to well, be. Yeah,
2: I guess Jodie Foster is our one model of a kid actor who, because like it's so rare for it's a kid so actor. It's so rare. Fans, yeah. I mean, that's been you could career. say
3: Paquin. I mean, I'm not, no, not the yeah. Paquin, but sure. you know, she's had a nice career. Yeah, she's done like, right for herself. There's, there's a few, but it's certainly, we all thought. The thing is, he made AI, and yeah. Yeah, I think he's wonderful in that movie, but he could never escape them being like, that's the creepy kid. Like that's that yeah. solidified, like, oh, right. that's the kid who's really good at playing creepy weirdos. Yeah. And, uh, and then you
2: can't a... do that when you're 15. Like, you no, need... and then when no. he
3: hit adolescence and he made secondhand lions,
2: isn't Michael Caine in that?
3: Yeah. So they, they uh, eventually. See, so it
2: worked out. And, and he handed them the
3: Oscar <laughs> under the table. Once <laughs> his voice I is cracking, it. it's like, oh, uh, yeah. oh dear. No, yeah. no, 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 thank yeah. you. Put him away. Put yeah, him away. Boys, we don't want to look at him.
2: Boys don't do it. Boys, it's tough. I'm really, I'm like, I guess Mickey Rooney had a very long career. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: There's definitely like like Tyler James Williams, who is an actor I really like, yes. who was on Everybody Hates Christmas, right. an adorable kid. And now he was in, like, Dear White People. Yeah. He's on The Walking Dead. You know, like, he's but the, finding an adult career. I mean, there's, like,
2: career. Career. Jason Bateman, I guess. Yeah, sure. But he, he was, was a teenager. I
3: just saw him in Night of Cups this morning, Christian Bale. Really? Oh Christian yeah, Bale. I always
2: Christian forget. Bale. About oh yeah, Bale. but uh-huh.
1: I, you know what? Newsies? I'd argue a thing with those. guys. Although in
3: Newsies, he's like, ah, I'm fucking Christian Bale. You know, yeah. he's like, he's yeah. already was he, like yeah.
2: 13 by the time? He yeah. made, but he's an um... empire of the sun. Yeah, but how old was he in that?
1: Pretty young, I think. Okay, I would argue that all those examples that were just cited though were guys <laughs> who were kind of simmering for a while. Mm-hmm. They didn't yeah, right, have the right, huge thing when the they were sixth young. Sense break out on, you know. And if anything, their biggest things were their biggest failures.
3: Right. Yep. I mean, Christian Bale like,
1: didn't really hit again until he was a grown up with American Psycho. And yeah. Empire of the Sun was the least successful Spielberg movie. You know, it was a big deal that he was the kid uh, in Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. Did that do less? I Financially, uh, do, I think I've heard of the sun we I'm have to finance. fucking get out okay, of the success. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Haley Jalosman's incredible. The performance by Trevor Morgan feels like sort of a meta commentary on like what most kid performances sure, are like to sure. make him look better. Uh, oh. I also wonder if, because I don't know if That he was your point from 20 minutes yes, ago. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if he could have <laughs> known that he was going to get such a transcendent performance out of a kid. I also well, wonder if it was... According to
3: Ben's printout, when he saw Haley Jalosman, he said... I have to cast this kid. I, I'm not. Yeah, here it is. Okay. Like, he was just, uh, he said, like, uh, he wasn't sure if he wanted to make the movie if Osman wasn't in it.
1: Yeah, you need a kid that good. And I, I found it interesting he wrote a part that was a shitty child actor who takes himself very seriously with sure. the parents and everything. Maybe he hated Joseph Cross. That's what I was wondering, because he just made a movie with kids, you mm. know? I
3: don't know. Maybe he did. Or another, yeah, another wide awake Making two
2: movies or three movies back-to-back with kids. That yeah. And, you know, Spencer
3: Treat Clark is in
1: Unbreakable with a big
3: Excellent. part. And then
2: and in Signs um, you got Rory Culkin and,
3: and Abigail, Abigail Breslin. Yes.
2: Oh, that's right. I was thinking Dakota Fanning.
1: Yeah. yeah. And The Village exactly. is the first one where it's not really, you don't have, like, a haunted child somewhere in the but middle he of the story. He works with kids a lot. There's kids yeah. in The Last Airbender. There's kids in The Happening. And then he made The Visit, which is like a kid movie. Yeah. Um it was the big thing get with to. these kids who are more sort of emotionally vulnerable than the adults around them, you know, are sensing something, mm. no pun intended, you know, but uh, are yes. like, yeah. Right. Y- yeah. Let's um, move on, though. To Bruce Willis. Let's talk sure, about Bruce. Yeah. let's talk about Bruce. okay. Brucey. Yeah.
2: yeah, Bruce Willis, I feel like is, we're not giving enough credit even now for being like, like we're talking about how he wasn't engaged for like the last 10 years of movies he's right, made. He's right. very engaged in this. Very those. engaged yes, in
3: this. It's a very, it's a very thought through performance and like this is such a haunted movie Mm -hmm. like the whole movie once you realize like it is this weird movie that's like caught in stasis, right? Yes. Like Bruce Willis is kind of just wandering into places. Yeah. And sort of sitting down and no one's interacting with him. And right. of course, like you're like. Well, and you're yeah. not supposed to notice. You're
4: supposed to think like, oh, this is, this is part of my gripes.
3: This is a okay, guy. We might
2: have the same gripe. that we like, like ghost
4: logic. Ben's gripe corner. I, I, the whole time I was so distracted by ghost logic. All right. So what's your ghost logic gripe? Right? Well, just that point right there. Did, when he goes to, to the, the house and he's sitting with the mother. Yeah. Like, wouldn't he kind of, like, realize she never greeted him? What well, Haley Joel Osmond
1: says in the
4: big "I see dead people" monologue, he says like they don't realize they're dead. He says
1: that like they don't know they're dead. And the other thing he said is they see what they want to see. Right. Yeah. So, so there's the recurring thing where he keeps on trying to open the door. Anything he touches is red. There's this red motif through the movie.
2: I couldn't figure out if anything he touches with just things or the balloon that yeah, leads yeah, to the cabin. Yeah, red shows
3: ghosts. They're ghosts around when red, like the other side. I guess is being interactive. or being
1: cold. The tent, yeah, being cold. Showing them, yeah, which he does Good job of establishing the visual language like that. So you very slowly, you know, yes, yeah. yeah, so you start to anticipate. You get scared before the thing even happens. But I've had, there are moments where I was like, "Who can see who? What is uh, happening?" Haley
4: <laughs> can see Bruce.
1: Yeah.
3: Bruce
4: can't see any other ghosts. That's crucial. Yeah.
3: Right, the ghost she says they can't see yeah.
4: each other. But when he goes when later in the film when they're helping out that little girl, Misha the, the barfing girl, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Misha Barton. So it's like. He can't see no her. He no, but Bruce Willis can't see her. But he's hanging out. But he doesn't know that he's a ghost.
3: It gets because really complicated. Bruce Willis's whole haunting, <laughs> like, so ghosts. Right? The idea I think is you're it's kind the of Casper caught, concept.
1: You have unfulfilled business.
3: Yeah,
2: unfulfilled you're, you're business, caught yeah. in
1: your old business So right. Bruce Willis, his yeah. he's
3: haunted by the fact that he failed this kid played by Donnie Wahlberg. Right. In the first scene of the movie, who shoots? Also him.
2: great yeah. in that one scene. Pretty,
3: Unbelievable. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, uh, yeah. A brave performance. I was
2: really ready to be like, oh, whatever. It's just a lot of like making noises, but like, it's great. It's, <laughs> and it's good. very and
1: it's really nuanced. scary.
2: Yeah, it's really
1: scary. He's yeah. playing a big guy, but he's actually doing it in a very specific, detailed way. Yeah, and not hamming it up. Yeah. Wait,
4: where's Donnie Wahlberg?
1: He's Donnie
2: the Wahlberg's the, the kid who shoots him
1: them at the beginning. No, shut yeah. up. That's Donnie
2: he fucking looks like Wahlberg. That's so weird. And this is
3: like Donnie Wahlberg. New Kids on the Block is over. he's got nothing. And Mark, Mark is like. Mark, Mark is taken on, you know, Mark is the huge thing. Yeah. So, but anyway, so he's haunted by that professional failure. And of course he's haunted by, you know, he's haunting his wife.
2: What seems like. in this like, weird yes. sort
3: of way where she can't let him go, I guess. Well,
2: so it th-
1: seems like every ghost is trying Katie to right the face. wrong of their yeah. death.
2: Well, because the, the, I think the, the thing where Ben and I overlap is that it doesn't make any sense that Bruce Willis doesn't know he's dead. I know they see what they want to see and they can't do sure. things, but yeah. every interaction with Olivia Williams, especially, like <laughs> she's I think not she, talking to she, him. I think she gets really sold out by it. Like she's yeah. Olivia <laughs> Williams, she's amazing, but Great I, actress. I, I, don't, I think she doesn't have room to do enough because her character can't make any sense. I,
3: agree. I know.
4: It's, it's a tough role for Olivia Williams yeah. because she's literally not out to look at him. Yeah. <laughs> like Bruce Willis, not once. Ate, drank, or pooped. (laughs) Yeah,
1: because he's a ghost. (laughs) Ghosts don't do that. you think you would have figured it out. But no, this thing he keeps on saying of they see what they want to see. The thing with the cellar, he keeps on trying to open the door. He can't get it. And And then the last shot.
2: That's interesting that he can't even literally see a piece of furniture. Right, there's a
1: piece of furniture she's put in front of it. Right. So it's like they're so single-minded in their goals of what they're trying to do. What are the two things he needs to do that haunt him in his death, right? He feels he failed this kid. Sure. So he needs to correct that wrong in the same way Misha Barton has to get the dad to see the tape. Yep, you know, and and we got to talk about that whole oh sequence because that's like the movie's set piece. Yeah, the whole Misha Barton. Yeah, thing. and we'll and get to that. the lingering feeling that he failed his wife to some degree. you yeah. know that yeah. he left her, that he abandoned her. And so, yeah, or that he
3: would, like his work consumed him. Right. and that that was you know yeah. what of course led to his death.
1: Yeah. Right, and so he thinks he's dealing with this as an active relationship, but really he needs to help her come to some sort of sense of closure with him. In the same way he needs to help another kid, you know. Yeah. But the also the kid feels. needs to
3: help him. That's the kids like salvation yes. is helping these ghosts rather than being scared by them.
1: Now the movie's devicey because it has to set up these shots and frame these things. I mean the blocking right. in the film is pretty incredible because it's if you watch very, it with very the eye specific. mean,
2: yeah. yes. the, the shot of him sitting in the room with Tony Collette is so ingenious, right? Yeah. yeah, it makes you think. It makes you assume all of these things. It uses movie logic. It uses you putting yes. together what like, you haven't Like, oh, they've seen. already had
3: a conversation. Exactly. Right. Right. You know yeah. how
2: movies work with editing that you're not seeing everything play out in that way. But right. the logic that really bugged me: How does he know all the shit that's happening? How does he know that Haley Joel Osment got in trouble in school? How does he know to keep that's showing up? That's, that's all fair. That's all fair. I agree. You with just kind that. of have to biggest... roll with that. Yeah, because you do. It's true. And like, and it's yeah. fine. I still like no, the yeah. movie. But I did keep thinking like. Wait, who's was telling him this. I do
3: love the idea that the first time he sees Haley Joel Osment is like in the church where he's playing with the little toys. Love that scene. Great scene. Yeah. yeah. Good and, merchandise.
1: It's called improv.
3: And <laughs> Haley Joel Osment, especially when you're watching it in recognition of the twist, is like yeah. is treating him like, oh, here's another one of these. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh, they, they won't leave me alone. You know, well, That's I,
1: why he's so standoffish. But of course, you're just like, oh, kids don't like to talk to shrinks. Uh-huh. Like, that's all it is. I, the real reason, I, you know, I think, A, this movie put Shyamalan on the map in such a big way, and B, the movie did so well, was I very distinctly remember it being a movie that everyone needed to see two times. Like even mm-hmm. if right. didn't you like just wanted it, to see it again to see like oh he's wearing the same clothes the whole time yeah, like yeah, all, yeah. That all stuff. the things which
2: I didn't even notice until the very end of this oh, time so good I've seen it and a then bunch you
1: realize like right of course he's like bleeding like from the back of his back <laughs> but in your memory you go like no but I saw him talking to the mom and it's like no you, no, didn't. you didn't you saw him yeah. sitting in the room with the mom yeah logically I think the film's asking us to believe that like the- he as a ghost just appears the second right before Hilly Joel Osment walks in the door you know. The oh. mom's not sitting there in silence for a long time. And
2: he put he kind of puts it together the way that we do in our head, being right. like, Oh no, I had that conversation with her. Because right. you don't it's see like him
1: really traveling dream, to right. places. I think he's no, just you don't. showing he up just where He just walks around. To
3: show yeah. Up. Yeah. And of course I mean, I think the toughest scene is the restaurant scene where he's with Olivia Williams. Yeah. And he's giving this whole monologue of like, I'm sorry my work is so consuming and like yeah. I just really want to help this kid. And she won't look at him, she won't talk, and then she just like signs the check, like yeah. takes the check which is
1: great because yeah. he reaches for it, yeah. signs it says, like, happy anniversary. But even, like, God, fucking, a little tough, touch. It's but tough. they do it well. A little touch that's so smart in that scene because I kept on looking for, like, okay, I haven't seen this movie. I probably saw it three times when it came out. I haven't seen it since then. I want to fucking catch him. Like, I want to uh-huh. catch a little thing yeah. that he fucked up on. And I looked even in that dinner scene, and I was like, what are they going to do about the chair? How do they deal with the chair? And the chair is just pulled out enough
2: for him to slide into it.
1: That he puts his hand on it like he's going to pull it out. And then just sits on top of it. And it's like, oh shit, he never moves the stuff around him. That I did not notice. I noticed notice. that, too. He, yeah.
4: Bruce Willis never moves anything. But it's he has always... papers.
2: Like, he's holding papers. That but they're he like, oh, they're and his. the dictionary in yeah. the they're basement. Right.
1: They're all his. Yeah. They're all his yes. business. He's not yes.
2: moving anything that anyone else interacts
1: with. Right, But right. I also right. think, I mean, they're right. asking I mean, of course, he just, to... like, sit on chairs. It'd be funny if he yes. like, <laughs> fell through. <the> chair. <laughs> Oopsie, I'm a ghost. <laughs> they're asking <laughs> you to put this together, but I think the reason you're supposed to believe that Olivia Williams put the table in front of the cellar door is because she kept on going into the cellar and seeing all the shit splayed out. Right. Oh,
2: right, right, right. you know, right, being yeah. like right.
1: someone's fucking something's going on. In because, the and it's
3: foreshadowed with that scene, right? The first shot of the movie where she goes to get the bottle of wine and like the cellar. The creeps her out. Yes. Because cellars are creepy. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's uh, the wind. She gets cold. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if you have, cellar, you have a cellar. You have a you know. I, I have a, have a s- basement. I mean, have a cellar. It is the scariest
1: fucking oh, really? thing in the world, and I have to go down there all the time. Now I agree with you, Katie. The one.
2: This is a personal story This corner.
1: The one logic. Thing that that sort of like was a hiccup for me is how in his mind did he get assigned yeah this case yeah right. how did he know this kid this wasn't but that's a kid he how knew Haley Joel works the ghosts come
3: to him. Like sure. Misha Barton, as he says, like she came a long way to see me.
1: Yes, but the true. papers, the information. like... I thought he
3: had an appointment with Haley Joel Osment. Well, no, he, he says that he says, says he like, missed, I missed our appointment. appointment. But yeah. I mean, Haley Joel Osment's probably just like, uh huh. Oh, you I and thought he was you like and the, the Civil War general who yeah. just like. Yeah, came yeah I, I kind her of here. wondered right. if it
2: was like someone he'd had before he died, but I think yeah. it does make more sense that he's telling himself these stories, kind well, of what we're doing for ourselves now. Like he seemed to piecing it together. Because,
1: like, the kid with the shotgun shot uh, wound in the back Ugh. of his head that is like, hey, rough. you want to see my dad's gun? He's not like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. He he's he's sort not of like... acts like this is already his friend who he would have yeah. shown the well, And, if,
3: and Misha Barton's line is, I'm feeling much better now, which is right. like her. Ugh.
1: It's good. You want to talk it's about Misha Barton? Guy. Let's talk well, about I Misha I think we have to talk about Bruce a little more. <laughs> oh, he's great. I, do. I mean, yeah. it's just. Oh, oh, oh I no, I want to point out this thing that Katie said. Because yeah. the one logic kick up for me is with the papers and everything, mm-hmm. it does feel a little bit to me like, not explicitly, but it's this is also coming a week after watching Wide Awake, where the twist ending is the kid's trying to speak to his dead grandfather. And so he he, wants, he misses his dead grandfather again. i guess going say this very quickly. <laughs> he misses his dead grandfather, so he's like, I'm gonna find God. And the whole movie, he's looking for God in whatever form, and there's this little cherubic blonde boy who keeps on walking around at the end oh, of the movie, a he's like, he's happy. And it's an angel from heaven who's come down to Tom that his dad. It's and fucking He realizes ridiculous. God exists, and the kid disappears okay, into a carry beam on. Of light. Okay. My point is, especially <laughs> coming right after this movie, it does feel a little bit like, oh, did God assign him this case? Like, did he get God papers? Not that God literally was <laughs> like, hey, uh, Doctor well, Malcolm. He uh, makes
3: movies about religion and spirituality and death, and you know, yeah, this it does is feel kind of like... one of those movies. It's just more yeah. of a genre version of that rather than wide awake which is like actually about a kid like talking to priests all day
1: and you're like this kid's a weirdo can't he just go outside bruce willis's performance is very interesting yeah because it's very reactive it's very quiet right Right. Mm -hmm. it's very tempered down and
3: and i think that because he can be a lazy and disconnected actor Uh people kind of think like oh well that's that's not his movie but i think he is making a lot of choices in this movie it's not like a I don't know what's a bad Bruce Willis movie. Last Man Standing. Yeah, you know? uh,
2: a good day to Die Hard. Um, sure, <laughs> cop out.
3: <laughs> cop out. Where he's yeah. just like, "What are the lines?" Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is,
1: you know. <laughs> he, go ahead. He, no, well, it's it's interesting because I think this is one of those performances that really like serves as an interesting case study in what a movie star is and what the power of a movie star is. <laughs> Because it's like okay, he's not the first guy you would hire to play a child psychologist. That's not like within sure right. his obvious <laughs> wheelhouse. You know, that's fair, right? He's, like, he's just
3: playing against he just type. was an oil driller who blew up a meteor,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah, right. right. And like quiet, thoughtful listening. Like, is it wasn't the Bruce Willis? Not like, really. Yeah, his
3: brand. Point. Like I would say, his last great performance had been Twelve Monkeys, which is a very uh acty performance. A lot of yes. twitching and mumbling. I think it's a great performance and crying. Yeah but and, you know he, not a subdued performance he
1: often wasn't playing intellectual no and there's sure, some scenes in yeah. this movie where you go like okay this is a little outside of his comfort zone and he's zone. got
3: this absurd hairpiece in this yeah. movie that yeah. is like and this is prime like Bruce Willis is a bald dude like
1: era so and, i watched it again in high def last night oh wow and i know Blood people always talk fancy. about the hairpiece this is my theory just to very quickly throw out I think it's his real hair with a tremendous amount of dye in it. And When I say dye, I mean like painting his scalp to make it look like there's more. Sure, it's like I a comb think over. it's Ooh. his strands, and then they've painted. Well, like a hair it looks bad. It. Oh, it, it looks terrible. I agree. But for years, I thought it was a piece, and now I think it is a paint job. Anyway, back to Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh boy,
2: Bruce Willis hair truth.
1: The thing is, though, you go like there are actors who are would be a better fit for this role as a performance. Sure but would have hurt the film overall because it's such, in a way, a passive character, you know? He's such a reactive character. He's so quiet. He's so coiled that if someone was playing it too intellectually, it might be hard to engage with it. And you have this guy, Bruce Willis, who's just like, even when he's bad, He's fucking engaging to watch. Mm-hmm. He's just got a good head that looks good in a frame. You know? <laughs> he's got a good energy. Sure. Like, even good when he's head. tired, you're like, fucking... You get angry at lazy Bruce Willis performances because he's so naturally engaging that it feels wasteful for him to do nothing other than show up. Because yeah.
2: he doesn't have to do that much more. Right. It's, yeah.
1: And it is crazy how... He's such a fucking charming performer when he wants
3: to be. But he's turning Obviously, down the charm in this one. No, movie, I know. Which Obviously, is this thing. isn't the movie for that. So but, the you know.
1: the point is, no, I think is interesting is he's so naturally charming that even though he's playing someone who isn't charming, he's tampering that down, it comes out enough to keep you engaged in the movie, to use him as a surrogate, to watch these other characters and how they interact. Sure. And I think the film, even though it's not necessarily, like, a great performance, That's he didn't get an course. Oscar nomination no. that year. You know, he was sort of, like, underrated for it. Yeah. He's sort of the key to the movie working. Tony Collette's the key to, like, She's the key to the emotional part of it for yes. sure but, but I think Bruce Willis is the key to the film functioning with an audience so it's a tough year yes. he was never yeah. going to get an Oscar he was never going to get it that's a, really, yeah. that's a loaded year Okay. Um, next topic we're going to talk about Well, so the, so the movie
3: is like 50 minutes of build up yeah. then there's this re- revelation from Haley Joel Osment which, which it turns it, on it's
2: crazy to me that it, I See Dead People was in the ads from the very yeah. beginning the and then no one got, got impatient yeah. I know. that you're watching it being like you know that he sees dead people right. but yet you're kind of like oh how am I going to figure this out on my own anyway? it, and also
3: I think it's because the movie has it's fun sort of internal logic which you enjoy watching like Slowly build where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, what can they do? What are they doing? What are they, you
1: know? Yeah. You also feel like you're in the hands of a master. I mean, it's the what are they doing? I I know that sounds insane, but like the the what are they doing? Where is this going? Thing, yeah, comes from like I think audience can tell when a movie is being made by someone who's so confident in this is what I'm saying, this is how I'm saying it. Just trust me, stick with it. They don't get impatient because they can tell it's going somewhere, building to something. Even there is that
4: moment where she's looking at the photos oh yeah and there's awesome. the little I mean, like, there's uh, the little like light. flashes of light yeah. yeah it's like I think little subtle moments like that like building up to it that well, also like
3: because keeps me engaged. yeah cause That's, you're like
2: I know yeah. I, yeah.
3: yeah and that seems scary cause you keep being like is something gonna be behind her is she gonna see something scary you know is this gonna be a jump movie where like oh, oh yeah. suddenly cause she's like leaning way into the photos uh-huh. yeah. and like classic horror movie is like
2: like You're not face, watching
3: your angles or here. like yeah. a
2: face would show up in the flash. Light or something. yeah. I mean,
1: that is like a Blumhouse thing would just be like a,
3: you know. suddenly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he builds um, such an incredible atmosphere in this movie. You know, between the photography, yes. between the performances, huge the framing, the the score. James Newton Howard scores very really nice great. score, very nice so score. So you f- go into every scene. A every scene, I would argue, is dramatically engaging on its own. There's mm-hmm. an interesting sort of psychological tension or a performance thing, or character detail, even when there's not a ghost. There's no information being revealed, and it's actually, like, an engaging yeah, scene to watch. you've got these why.
2: two relationships at the center, Haley Jossman and his mom, and then mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, that you want to see succeed. You want to, like, watch those relationships repair or build or something. So you're yes. following that as the ghost story is going on parallel.
1: Right, right. Uh, it works as, like, a character story just as well as it works yeah. as a ghost story, but they also, you go, like, any scene could be a ghost scene, so you're just scared the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, you're scared the whole movie. Yeah. But
3: as I was just laying yeah. out, so then there's this revelation, and then you start seeing the ghosts, mm-hmm. and there's lots of crazy, like as we said, the kid with the blue half oh, his the head The mom
2: on. in the kitchen. The
3: mom in the kitchen. Oh. The that
2: um... he thinks is his mom. It's so scary. That's a really
3: scary scene, yeah. and it's also not played as like a simple jump. Like, you know, no. there's no like you know shrieking violin or whatever. Yeah. They do the thing with the
1: thermostat going down. The thermostat's while he's really good. And I remember oh, going right. to the bathroom yeah. shortly after that in the movie and being terrified, like oh, standing. Yeah of wow. the urinal uh, peeing and being terrified uh, wanting to run back upstairs. There there's like the that.
3: hanging people in the school right. Yeah. But anyway, I mean then the movie has one set piece which is him solving this murder mystery almost about the Misha
1: Barton ghost. Bruce Willis suggests that maybe you should help them. Right. right. Yeah. You they're not trying to scare with you. Interact with yeah. them, see what they're there for. They must be talking to you for a reason.
2: And then, of course, the next ghost he meets is a little girl in a dress, who's, who's played by Michi Barton.
1: And she and her uh, best performance, career best performance. She throws <laughs> right.
4: up
3: a lot. Seems yeah. like she throws a up a lot. It's also it's pukey. Lot There's there's a weird logic because I always assume that his tent was some sort of safe space he created, uh-huh. but she somehow invades it. Well, the tent's also red. The tent is red, yeah. so it, yeah. yeah, so she invades it, and yeah, she's got like vomit just sort of drooling out of her mouth. It's a tough, and it's like a jump, like it's scary. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a. And she's another, in the
2: tent. It's another one of those things where like, He you uses spatial geography yeah, well. Like, you don't know how that's possible. You right. see the corner
1: of the you tent. See, she's like, not the, there. The, the, the camera spins kind of come off. Yeah, and it opens <sighs> up. And then he goes back down. She was. She's in the spot that was previously empty. Yeah, so... But he does it all with camera moves, you mm-hmm. know? And then so... And, like, the, what I like
3: about the movie is it, it does not go anywhere into explaining, like, how this works. Does he talk to her and say, like, hey, where do you live? You no, know? No, no, no. Or, like, what's your. We just. heard you they, puke you go. Yeah. <laughs> he just gets on a bus. He's, it's, you know, it's like, it's a spiritual thing. He's just sort of guided to her funeral. I think he,
2: he says, like, do you have something you want to talk about? Right.
1: He, 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 he gives her, like, yeah, a to talk. All you need to, to know talk. is that he doesn't run, that he right, doesn't right. scream, yeah, that yeah, he yeah. sits there with her and tries to engage yep. with her. And you see that emotional shift in him. And then, yeah, cuts to the bus. And so then you're
3: on the bus and then you're at the funeral and then there's this, like, and, like, this is the thing. It's, like, you think, you know, the movie has this, not fake out, but, you know, the characters might assume Tony Collette is, like, hurting her kid. And, of course, right. then turns out the twist is for this kid is that she was getting hurt. It's a, what do you call it, Munchausen by proxy. Yeah. Like, the mom was keeping her sick. Yeah. For, which is, like, just a fucked up thing that, like, once in a while happens. Right. I guess it's just, like, a crazy, like. But it thing. happens. I, yes, it does happen. I,
1: for whatever reason, I remember seeing it at the time thinking it was his stepmom. But there's nothing to imply no, that in it's the just film, the right? mother. I've I mean, always remembered it being the stepmom. It's for some like
3: no, and I'll say like Shyamalan, like and like I said before, this movie is haunted. Like this yeah. movie, every it, like there's a sort of weird glacial quality. How everyone like the the father like looks at the mother, and she just sort of turns around silently, and everyone's just sort of staring. And, like, this is a problem in his future movies. We'll get to it. Where, like, sometimes I think he's he has trouble with, like, the simple, like, human talking Like each act other Like, problem. act like a person. Yeah. Yeah, because
2: the dad is watching that tape in the middle of, like, a wake. It's completely like, bizarre. Yeah.
3: And, like, the tape is in a box, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's that, that jump with the box, like, you know, her hand yeah. coming out.
1: But isn't it fascinating that if the thing he struggles with the most is basic human conversation, right. he made a movie about people who can't really talk to each other? Uh, no, that's why it works. I mean, <laughs> like, and this is design, why he's it's such a, a film good sequel to George Lucas yeah. because yeah. that's also George Lucas's biggest <laughs> yeah. problem. Right?
3: Um, but anyway, what I what's crazy is that I mean, I was talking to this about with Birthday Benny. Um, is like, you would think maybe, because the movie is not even two hours long. It's like an hour and
1: 45, It's, it's 47 minutes. with five minutes of credit. It's 142. So you'd like, think there would be like a few
3: of these. You know, yeah. he would mm-hmm. like start, and it's like, it's that and then he f- he talks to his mom in the
1: car about oh, her mom. But
2: first he does the school play.
1: He does the school play and he has his last conversation with Bruce Willis. And my favorite moment in the entire film: when Trevor is, Howard gets up stage. He yeah. gets I mean, on stage. You hear, apl- <laughs> yeah. you hear three claps in the background. Trevor Morgan. You hear three claps in the background. It's like, oh, this kid. This is the kid from the the Cops commercial. <laughs> and then he hates. He like can't even commit to the performance because he hates that he has a one line character. Like,
2: why is he the village idiot? Why has it worked out? We don't know. It just, everything, it just, everything's they, coming up. Haley Joss it's, Joss
1: it's one of those things we think maybe the school
3: like is like, hey, why don't we give? Yeah. Haley Jossman seems like he's in a bad spot. Why don't we give him the lead in the play? Come yeah. on, come on! You're already in a cough commercial. Yeah. Um
4: <laughs> Oh, it made me think. I just we passed this a while back. Uh-huh. I just want to say I really enjoyed the part where he, because uh, there's the stuttering teacher that gets him the part mm-hmm. when he gives oh, the that's stuttering such a teacher. A scary teacher it's so scary and yeah. fucked up yeah. and great. Like an adult that's intimidated by this little kid, and it's like I totally believe
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also why it's more realistic than Wide Awake because all the adults in Wide Stop Awake could be like, "Stop fucking up because Wide Awake!" Adults would be like, "Shut the fuck up, kid!" No, of and in it's Wide true. Awake, they're all charming.
3: No, no, except for Dennis Leary, who is like, "Why have I given birth to you?" Except he
1: didn't give birth. to me. Why did I? No, what it? he's really doing is, "Why did I sign on to this movie?" <laughs> <laughs>
3: anyway, so but the, it's like it wraps fast. Like yeah. there's yeah. that scene, and then there's the scene with his mom, which is wonderfully oh my God. acted. That's that's which her I, way I believe was seen. her Oscar her clip. That's her Oscar, clip. and like
2: it's it's classic Oscar clip, but it's also so great it's I'm so getting well a little done. choked
1: up even thinking about it right now I know now. she really I know, just I know. because she's the like the way she says like what yeah. her
2: question was is like yeah. do I make you proud it's so good
1: yeah and her her handwork.
2: I know she's doing a little
1: bit of the Linda Richmond like <laughs> the acrylic nails and the hand she's on a a the breast
2: But it, but it's like
1: it's so subtly done Comedian John Early, I don't know if you guys know John Early, but he's a great comedian in New I York City. Paper, yeah. He often ends or, or middles his stand up sets with talking about how angry he is that Tona Collette didn't win Best Supporting Act. She <laughs> lost to uh, 1999. Ooh.
2: Ooh. Uh, it's a real weird one. Uh, oh, oh Marsha Gay Harden for nope. Pollock?
1: That's oh. the next year. Shit. And Not she's a lead sh- in that Angelina Jolie for Girl Interrupted.
2: Ah, yeah.
3: Bingo. Um, this is why it, I always
2: try to go through what was nominated for Best Picture and then always get
3: who spelled. I actually like in the film, although I think it's a very sort of showy movie star performance, yeah. but the other nominees were Tony Collette, Catherine Keener in Being Jim Malcolm, oh. She was crazy good. Yeah. Uh, Samantha Morton in Sweet and Lowdown, and Chloe Sevigny in Boys Don't Cry. Like That's a great Every oh, other man. one yeah. could have won that Oscar. That a solid line True. Really good year. True. And there's probably some other ones like, you know, that was just a hot year, baby. Yeah, Baby. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: Malora Walters. I would have nominated for uh, Magnolia that year. She's I good at Magnolia. In. I mean, I really like that performance.
3: Well, I mean, at least you're not saying Julianne Moore in Magnolia, like her worst performance.
1: Yeah, which is Did you, you know. see Freehold? <laughs> I didn't yeah. see Freehold, actually <laughs> on your <laughs> advice. Um, so let's let's. I mean, we've talked about the twist, but let's talk about the impact of the twist and everything. Right, and then the last three minutes are right. just the twist. Yeah, which, and it is so artfully and done. And he
2: puts it together on the tiniest thing, which I totally forgotten, which is just that she has his wedding ring. And he hasn't noticed the whole time. And we haven't noticed that he's not wearing his wedding ring. And guys,
3: it really gets me when she says, I miss you. Uh, uh, Yeah. Well, Haley Joel I love that. Yeah. He
1: says the thing of, like, I have an idea. You should talk to her while she's sleeping. Yeah, while she's sleeping. Which rewatching the scene now, it's so brilliant because it's him knowing that Bruce Willis is a ghost. Yeah. And being like, I I don't want to spoil it for him well, it's very well, clear gonna, it's like because
2: he wouldn't it, Russell wouldn't buy it it's obvious
1: that Haley joel osman right. has figured out that he can't just say to the ghost like
3: you are a ghost <laughs> like, yeah. but that doesn't work <laughs> for some reason yeah. so he's got to be like engage with him on a human level right so he says right talk to her while she's sleeping then she'll hear you even if she can't hear you yeah you know like yeah guys yeah guys, it gets good me. she's just trying to get over him yeah you know she's just trying to get with glenn fitzgerald or whoever it is who plays yeah. the uh what does he call him he calls him like Dickweed, or I forget what cheese he, dick or cheese something. He calls cheese dick. <laughs> Keep moving, cheese dick.
1: Um,
2: he seems like a good sort. I hope she's happy with him now. Yeah, I do dealing antiques in do Philadelphia. Yeah.
1: Now this is, I mean, you know, it's the blessing and the curse of the rest of Shyamalan's career. Is that rarely is there a movie with a twist this effective?
3: Right. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. the thing is, The Usual Suspects had come out four years before, which is a similar movie that like builds its twist case the whole time. Yeah and then, like, unleashes it in, like, a quick montage, and you're, like, melting it, uh, yeah. like, when you watch it. And But go ahead.
1: No, I think Percy has got something to like say. I
4: mean, I I don't know. Me, personally, I, I thought of some, like, better endings. Oh, great. Like, okay, even okay. Like better epilogues. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt Shoot. like it didn't. It didn't do what I wanted. It what do you do. want? Now,
1: Katie, I know you're a listener of the podcast. Uh-huh. Ben has previously come up with Star Wars characters. <laughs> he constantly thinks he can do better than the filmmakers that we're studying. I like this. So this is Ben's Ben's wow, twist he's corner. He's got a legal
3: pad that is <laughs> like does. it's like the
1: legal pad where Haley Joel Esmond wrote like kill fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. shut the baby all, up. It's all red <laughs> ink. The thermostat just went down in the room. Ben's about to read his twist <laughs> corner. Here's Ben's all right, twist go. corner. Sh- shoot.
4: Okay, so Bruce Willis. Right, you you have the blackout open up on an, this epilogue. Right, it's yeah. him in the future haunting a family. <laughs> so it's just he can't leave that house. Wait, but
2: his his business is finished. Like he, the whole thing is that he got closure. <laughs> Not in this. So oh. This is a double twist. This is
4: he, a double twist that
3: actually
2: oh. turns back to the so horror the, thing. The <laughs> what catharsis. really was that? He
3: had
4: left like the iron on. He just needs to
3: turn <laughs> the iron off
1: or whatever. He turns back to the horror thing. Okay, uh, that's twist one.
4: Okay, uh, Bruce puts on sunglasses. And music plays. And he just does like a two camera like not. Mm. That'd be that'd be fine. He's gonna
2: be a badass
1: and, angel okay. in heaven. That's, that's the twist. Is that he's cool?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's not cool in the right, movies, so They're not be all a big great. Twist. They're so not all not, great. Okay. Not cool.
4: uh, <laughs> Bruce becomes a ghost detective with Haley Joel Osment. They
3: start
1: oh, a new. So business. that's a
4: that 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 would be the TV spinoff.
1: Yeah. That would be
3: Bruce Willis, his career, like, tanks for some reason. And, he like, two years later, he's like, all right, let's do a Sixth Sense
2: TV show. Yeah. I'm sure someone at Disney tried to do that. Or or Sixth Sense the animated series.
1: (laughs) The new Sixth Sense adventures. The Seventh Sense. He's got a (laughs) nose for crime.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go on. Sorry. The Seventh Sense is justice. All right.
4: (laughs) That's better. Uh, Bruce later goes to eat and realizes he wasn't a ghost the whole time.
2: Oh.
4: It was a government conspiracy
1: <laughs> for an episode of punk Oh, and oh, Haley sure shows just punk him mm-hmm.
2: the whole time? Yeah. Th-
1: that's so far the only one of these that you've pitched that's actually a twist. The other ones are just endings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it's> true. <laughs> I said there were epilogues, possible endings, okay. twists. That, that, that is any, a twist. Okay,
4: but ben. here, I, got, I saved the best for last. I love Ben. Two words. I love Ben girls locker room mm, yeah. that's what you do Terrible. with a ghost yeah. so
1: the twist is he just goes hollow man he tries to check out some naked ladies oh, that's that, those are my kevin bacon you know kevin bacon famously
3: made stir of echoes which came uh-huh. out the same year and it got fucked by the sixth sense because mm-hmm. like it's the same
1: movie stir of echoes is a good movie never seen it. david Kep.
3: uh david Kep movie yeah david before Kep
4: david Kep, like you know mm. mm-hmm.
3: um went off the rail I, I, or
4: it's an episode of punked you already said that one, just buddy. Just think about that. I like, I think, just think about
1: it. I think one of the really important things about this film, because Shyamalan spent the rest of his career chasing this film to one degree or another, I mean, this became, you know, the shadow that loomed large over everything else he did and over it's the true. audience perception. And over
2: anyone who wanted to make a movie
1: with a twist. Yes. Yes. Or a ghost movie. Or a ghost the- movie. Yeah. yeah has, totally. Has there been a twist movie this effective since Sixth Sense?
2: I mean, Memento. Uh, remember Me? Oh my God. Well, because I don't Memento <laughs> use- like, has a
1: very good twist. Bemento's a
2: great. I don't know if it's it's not no. quite the same. It's though. not quite
3: as calibrated right. to like, it doesn't, you know, the movie works. Because the movie is, has another gimmick already. Yeah, exactly. Before yeah. the twist.
2: Yeah. I mean, the prestige also has a twist.
3: The Prestige twist sucks and it I think suck. that movie's a masterpiece. But I, the worst <laughs> thing about The Prestige is where it's
1: like you never
3: guess oh, yeah, and are like, like no, no yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. did. <laughs>
1: I knew who that guy well, was. I would love to do a Prestige episode because I love I, The Prestige. I believe that that's not the twist. I believe that that's a fake out twist so you don't realize the real the twist. The real twist is, is that the Hugh Jackman's twist. killing himself yeah. over yeah. over, Which is now. a great twist. Yeah. When that's you that's think true.
3: about it longer and longer you're like, "Oh my god." Yeah.
1: I contend that the audience is supposed to figure out Christian Bale thing. Maybe. That it's obvious the movie on is pretty to distract high on it though. You. But the Michael Caine speech at the beginning about you look at this hand so you don't yeah, notice this no, hand. Yeah. Oh and it gets to this I mean Mr. Shyamalan is a really great magician. This is a magic trick movie. Mm-hmm. Sure. He's Making you look at the wrong things in the frame yep. to not notice yep. what's there the entire time. But but and this is the thing that most twist movies fuck up on the movie actually works as a movie. Yes. If you cut yes. the ending with the movie ended with Bruce Willis and Haley Joel Osment going "See you tomorrow." Yeah, the film would work. Yeah, you'd go weird. They didn't resolve the wife thing, but yeah. the movie would Absolutely. work. <laughs> They'll figure it out. Yeah, For right. <laughs> a sequel. It would work as an emotional story. It would feel mm-hmm. complete. Oh well, no, so you need the Tony Collette scene. Oh yes, I'm sorry. That yeah. would be the last and, scene. Yeah, that would be that the last would be, scene. The that be the last, last scene. scene. Yeah. Yes. and you'd be like, I don't know what that Donnie Wahlberg business was at the <laughs> beginning, but you know, whatever <laughs> table setting. But the thing that happens with most twist movies is either. The whole film's constructed towards the twist. Mm-hmm. So well, well, yeah, one, yeah. one is they come up with a twist that goes against what the movie's been up until that point so the sure. thing falls apart. Two is the whole movie's so clearly building up the twist that the rest of it doesn't work. Yep. Or once you know the twist you can't watch it a second time because it has no value. Like mm-hmm. matchstick men. Exactly. Oh. That's, That's a good matchstick. twist movie where yeah, you once man. you've seen it you're like Fuck that. Although I haven't
2: seen Remember Me a second time, so maybe it Whoa. holds up a second Did time. Did you know the twist? Uh, uh I don't think so because I saw oh, it like at a boy. junket screening yeah. or something.
1: Yeah. Do you know the second time it's Pearl Harbor? If you watch Remember Me a second time, it's Pearl <laughs> yeah, Harbor. Yeah, it instead changes of 9/11. every time. Yeah, <laughs> It's
2: going back sandy for time. some reason.
1: Um, but I think this film works. He's shooting a Benghazi updated version now. <laughs> yes. It turns out the whole movie took place in Benghazi. Uh. I think two things happened. One is I think the internet made it impossible for a movie to be this twist reliant. I was just away.
2: gonna say I feel like if imagine this coming out now, M. Night Shyamalan would be giving like a Q and A, being like, "Well, actually, in the scene where he's sitting there with twenty Flood, he's just shown up because that's how like he would be over explaining yes, all of this sure.
1: stuff." Right, and I also right. think Twitter would have immediately people going like, "Oh my god, fucking twist! It's crazy!" and Okay, you'd all go into the movie trying to figure it out.
2: So my only argument against that is Star Wars. I was literally people,
1: about to say the same people thing. People did a really people good were job.
2: Chill. Of keeping all those twists—I mean, not really twists, but like no, plot developments—big yeah. yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, the one big thing that everyone talked about. That everyone was true. I don't want to spoil stories yeah. on this podcast for no reason. Everyone was pretty good about it.
1: I'm just saying. I think even if someone on Twitter wrote, "Oh my god, you have to see Six Sense. Yeah. Ending is crazy." You'd walk into the theater going like, what's this fucking ending going to be? Yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. You'd have so many people telling you that through Mm -hmm. so many different outlets. Even if like at the water cooler you were like, ending's pretty crazy. You'd be like, okay, Tony from work told me that. Oh, yeah,
2: but then like every movie blog, mine included, would be telling you to- uh... right.
1: And yeah. there would be the piece that you wouldn't click the link on until after you've seen the movie, but it'd be like explaining
2: well, the success. you start yeah, yeah, yeah. reading
3: one of those pieces, and then it would be big, bold, like, now we're going to w- talk about the ending, and you'd be like, oh, yeah. okay. Uh. Yeah, but then you'd
2: be like, oh, the ending, oh, the ending. You'd, you'd
3: know
1: there's something you you're avoiding. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that this made audiences so aware of twists in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like a well, yeah. watershed moment for twist movies. And we should,
3: I'll do some, because I bet there are so many junky twist movies that followed this in the next few years. Yeah. Like movies that were just like, mm-hmm. they, they were just like, you gotta have a twist. Like, just, you know, this I is just, just like, that they fucking, love twists right now. There's that
1: Robert De Niro, <laughs> like Dakota Fanning horror movie, Hide and Go See. Oh boy. Where at the end it turns out she he's her imaginary friend, right? I mean, it's like almost Whoa. a direct ripoff of Sixth Sense, but the ending like doesn't, Click with the rest of the film. I didn't see good good twist.
2: Shutter Island. Love the twist twist
1: of Shutter Island because I I think Shutter
3: Island is a fucking masterpiece personally. Sorry, great film. And uh, I think one of the reasons the twist works there, as it does in this, and as it does in The Usual Suspects and these, is that you can then watch it a second time and be like, oh wow, like it gives the movie a whole new perspective. These guys are all performing, like, and you start to see the seams of it, and like you start to see the emotion and what they're trying to do for him. And Mm -hmm. I love Shutter Island so much. He should have won an Oscar for that movie.
4: Oh, Apocalypto, man. great twist ending. What happens at the end of we
3: Apocalypse? We slaughtered yeah. the Native Americans. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Same, same, twist.
2: <laughs> same twist as Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Passion of the Christ, whoa. I know. Now, this was, I, I would Dude, s- yeah crucified. (laughs) (laughs) This was the other thing I was thinking about. Like, I was thinking about what effect this has had on twist movies after that. Mm -hmm. And also, this was, at the time of its release, one of the 10 highest grossing films of all time, Mm. which is insane. Yeah. I think it was the 10th highest grossing film of all time at the time of its release. Which would never happen today. No. I'm not even saying this movie specifically, because it feels so austere and adult, Mm -hmm. even like for- 16, 17 years later. Can
2: never play overseas. I mean, I'm sure I did play well overseas, but like- But it wouldn't not, today. Yeah.
1: Audiences are just not ready to sit down and have to like really engage with something this much that I isn't know. feeding I it hate to, to you. be, yeah, a
3: bummer about this stuff, but it's true.
1: But it feels like kind of the last of its kind. And I was like, Primal
3: okay. fear. That has a crazy twist. Yeah. And Carry then, on. Well, so like all the I'm movies- i looking at some famous twists. All the movies
1: that were like Fight that, Club.
2: Uh, yes. Same year. But a lot same of these year. other movies wow. were-
1: 1999. That's
2: no. A lot of these are the, the movies others. we're throwing out. Oh, yeah. Yes.
1: Two. Um, Similar. Were not as successful, you know? No, for sure. Sixth Sense sure. was, like, huge, and the twist, like, captivated America mm-hmm. as of this performance. Everyone Loved Bruce was back, like, all this shit. But I was like, okay, it, you know, this is a horror movie. It's a thriller. But it also kind of functions as a drama because it doesn't have these sneak scares. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not super, like, graphic, you know, other than a few moments. So I was like, what are, you know, in that sort of tone, like, truly adult, non-franchise movies. What else has done that well in the last sixteen years? Well,
2: the, the the only other template for this, and this is before, is the Crying Game, which right. was sold on its twist, but Another is a really example. different kind of movie. But uh,
1: yes, yes. But in terms of being like a humongous, like Hall of Fame blockbuster. Oh, yeah. no. Nothing. The only two movies I would throw out that I feel like performed financially in a similar way and became as much of a talking point for like a quote unquote adult movie were Passion of the Christ mm-hmm. and American Sniper.
2: Oh, yeah. American.
1: And both of them were movies that were politicized. Oh, and Ted. Oh, and Ted. Yeah, serious adult dramas. (laughs) But, you know, those films people had to see because there was, like, a conversation. Uh And people wanted to weigh in and either defend it or hate it. Yep. With both of those films. I don't think outside of a thing, like, stirring people into, like, an argument like that, you could have a film connect this widely with people. Today, I don't think it would ever happen again.
2: Well, and just like this, I mean... You never know, buddy. You never know. This kind of adult drama like that gets some kind of conversation going is television now like this yes, is breaking that bad is very true. Yes, like that's the same kind of phenomenon you're talking about
1: but this film is a great example for me of the difference between TV and film and I'm not going to argue that one is better or film worse better. than the other film is better <laughs> movies are the best <laughs> movies are the absolute best I hate Correct. TV but um, it's like this is the, the key to this movie is that it's fucking like it's like 102 minutes yeah. you know what I'm saying like it's I like know. tight it and it's one it's story yeah. and it does its thing and it gets out
3: but of course, it was great job, Katie. It was the millstone. It was the millstone around his neck, as we're going to see. Like it was yes. the thing he couldn't escape. Where it's like, oh, he's the twist guy. He's the horror guy, and like, you know, right. It he, became he, the thing because I don't. He tries think, to play into it. He tries to play away from it. He doesn't know what to do with himself.
1: I don't think he was a thriller guy in his mind. I think he was a guy who wanted to make populist films. I think he wanted to speak to audiences. And I think he probably was like, oh, I'll make this, and next I'll make a musical or whatever. He's not George
3: Lucas. You're doing the George Lucas part. No,
1: because it's <laughs> like this. It's like more Ziz Ansari. Oh, boy. Oh,
3: boy. No. Well, no, oh, no. No, no. But that's boy. no. Wait,
1: I just realized that's a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've been working I, on my M night, and I just realized that's a coincidence, I no and I idea. imply nothing. Like, now that I think
2: about it.
1: He's got a high voice. He's like kind of like... He, I mean, he's in this movie. I know. i got to go back and yeah. watch that scene. Um,
3: he's, he's a little He's monotone. the star of Praying with Anger, which we saw. He, oh, I didn't tell you that. Ooh, he's no. the star of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: <sighs> he's, he's all right. I feel well, really <laughs> sad for this future of this podcast. that You guys are going to like... We talk about this up. movie that we all like, and it's going to be like... Then you're going to get to, well, you know... Oscar Bender,
3: you got to do the good one. I know. I mean, I th- Unbreakable is is great. Is my. Favorite. I'm very looking yeah. forward to watching. That. I guess I'm psyched to hear
2: you time. talk about The Village, but this is the big deal. We by. gave this oh, to you yeah. because you hey. you're a
1: fan. You've supported our podcast. Yeah. We had to oh, give back. The, you're the greatest. I'm, a, I'm the,
2: the blankie who made it to the top. You're the blankie. You're the <laughs> top. You're
1: the warmest blankie we got. Oh, uh, you got to oh. bundle under that blankie because there are ghosts around. I say.
3: Oh boy! Oh boy!
1: I yeah. I think I don't think he thought he was a thriller director. Exclusively, well, we'll get I think to he that, thought he was a filmmaker. Let's wrap that, on the sixth sense. The moment know? the film ends, you yeah. know, the final conversation with the wife, he puts yeah. it all together. Yeah. I'll admit, embarrassingly, I remember seeing this movie and not getting the twist at first. Good job, yeah, <laughs> congrats. I was like, you know what I thought it was? Uh-huh. I thought it was that the whole film was his fantasy of what was happening while he was dying. Oh, it's all a that, dream. That happens, too, because yeah. It
2: flashes back to him dying. It does, it which does. I was like, okay,
1: that's not like a crazy. No, but then, twist like, as then much. like him being like, uh, my.
3: Side is still bloody, you know, where he you know he's that's like That's
1: why I thought the way it was shot against the wall, I thought it was like he was still dying. I, I thought that's you, what I it was. She was like stumbling down I saw the it with my dad, my friend Malou's parents were in the theater at the same time. So afterwards we like, I think went out to dinner with them. And she was like, It's weird though, because all the other ghosts look so like like and like Bruce Willis didn't. And I was like, Oh, Bruce Willis is a ghost. Pretend you know that the entire time. <laughs> and I was like, Yes, of course, adults. <laughs> like I was like at dinner with three adults, and you're I just doing had a to, lot like, of
2: fronting in front of adults in the lane. I 90s. just wanted
1: adults, I think I was cool. <laughs> Um, what a kid. But I think that moment that solidifies it is like, you know, he has a final conversation with the wife, which is very emotionally affecting. He puts it all together, the blood and everything. And then it cuts to the final shot of the video of, of their wedding. Mm. And then immediate fade to black. And then, N.M. Night Shyamalan film. And it just felt like, fuck. This guy, yeah. yeah, and it's go. The letters are going like, they're right. like yeah. you know getting wider, and like no. his name is Minaj, but now it's Knight, and yeah. you're like that film was made by a guy whose middle name is Knight. How yeah. spooky, you know? And,
2: yeah. mean, and you guys are gonna get into the tremendous ego it takes not oh just to do God. that, but to make a movie like this. Like right. I mean, to make yeah. a movie, period, you have to have a huge ego. True, like, but it feels like an no, immediate to, to mic
1: brand drop, your movie that yeah. way. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. it feels like a mic drop, and it's also that name is so good combined with that genre that it was like, okay, that's what I'm gonna associate M.I. Shyamalan with. He's that name now. Much
3: like, pay attention to me. I'm for real.
1: But it also feels like a Pavlovian response. Like, big twist. You're gonna see the name M Night Shyamalan right after it, and then starts to become. If you see the name M Night Shyamalan, you're gonna expect a big twist. Mm -hmm. Like the name comes right after, and not directed by, but like an M Night Shyamalan film. Like it's him going, like I did this to you. (laughs) Right, you're still processing the twist, and he doesn't even wait a moment. The name comes in, and you're like, oh fuck. Oh boy. Uh, performance review, everyone's really good in this movie. Yeah, there's no bad yeah. performance no. in this movie, I mean, we right? focused on the three main performances a no, lot. No, is good. We like yeah. Donnie
3: Wahlberg's brief I like scene. Wahlberg. I think Glenn Fitzgerald looks like a nice man, and a Misha Barton, like, Misha barfed Barton's up good. that stuff
1: great. The
2: dad, Misha Barton's dad is good. Yes. Can whoever I, that is. Can I throw something crazy out, just to tease uh, for
1: the future of the this actress. podcast? The actors, Greg Wood plays his dad. Go ahead. I'm going to throw something crazy out. Uh, I, I was in this, uh, movie called Bot Whistle with, with Trevor Morgan. <laughs> It was not originally called Butt Whistle, but we live in a terrible industry. What was
2: it originally called?
1: A Samaritan, which is an actual name for a movie.
2: I'm going to IMDb this
1: right now. A a bit of a a weak name. I'm not saying it's a great title, but I'm saying I didn't sign on to a movie called (laughs) Butt Whistle. I was a struggling actor. I was looking for a reason to quit the Disney store. They for me $100 to play a cop in a movie called Butt Whistle. I play a cop. You play a cop? I play a detective. That movie wow. really needed some, like, wow. Okay. There's a okay.
2: character named Ogden Confer in it.
1: That's uh, Trevor
2: Morgan's That's character. That's person's name. Do you know?
1: Is it? <laughs> don't, don't, don't look at this because I don't want to spoil this yet. <laughs> okay. I play detective. Guess who my partner is in the film? My detective partner. We're a classic detective team. Guess who my partner is in the film?
2: I saw Andrew Tribeca, so I'm going to say a German shepherd.
1: Uh, you need You want me to guess? Yeah. Uh, Philip Baker Hall. Tom Jane, The Punisher. Oh, Oh, wow. Nice. So it's a movie where we play buddy cops. What's he doing in that movie? He was not happy to be in that movie, I can (laughs) tell you that much. (laughs) Poor Tom Jane. He was clearly...
2: (laughs) His character's name is Grummish.
1: Yeah, and I think I'm Fenwick, Fenwick, something like that. There you are, Fenwick. Yeah. Play cop. I was 22, I look like I am 13. (laughs) Uh, Got paid $100. They originally promised $200, and then they dripped me out of the second $100, and it was... You a got, big conflict. You
2: got Annalie Tipton, she's uh she's taken off. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. Uh, she's
3: one of like 18 people who I'm like which one? She again like there's a lot of. Wait, Annalie
2: Ashford. Sure. I get com- oh, confused just name. Hang wise. on. Which one is the one in crazy stupid love?
1: Annalie Tipton. Oh, it's okay. That okay, that's the one I was thinking. Um what I was going to say is uh don't watch that film, it's not good. Um I give a scene stunning performance though. Uh it's the only performance I might have ever liked.
2: I just made that up. I went with it. It's great actors do. I'm now looking at the cast of the happening just cuz Oh. That, that is the most random There's cast. That
3: is, and I remember, because remember how that movie was advertised? We'll talk about yeah. it, where it was like,
4: The Happening, M. Night Shyamalan, it's first R-rated
1: movie. Oh, yeah. They were like really hitting that hard. And they put the R rating in red. Yeah. The rating box was in red on the poster. And like, that movie is barely R-rated. It's not even that messed up.
2: Alan Ruck is in that. Who? Alan Ruck. Alan uh, Rock, Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Of course, of course.
1: Um, so I'm looking through Ben 17 straightforward facts. Uh, the, the ones that we didn't cover uh, was uh, Michael Sarah audition to play Cole. Um, I saw an interview with Michael Sarah where he said that he hadn't read the script and didn't know the tone of the film. So when he did the audition, his impression of him doing the audition was going like, I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> um, he told that on like Conan once. Um, instead of crying like Kelly Joel Osment, he played the scene as upbeat. Um... Marissa Tomei was almost cast as Cole's mother. Great actress. She probably would have been okay. Yeah. She probably would have been slightly more to the you know, uh, trashier side.
3: Because you know, I'm like, thinking of the wrestler right now. Honestly, yes. I mean, maybe she would have been just my cousin um, Vinny. Uh, I mean, I love my cousin Vinny. Yeah.
1: Uh, what else do we have here? Diane Walberg lost 43 pounds to play Vincent. Great. Yeah. I mean, great. Uh, Jesus 43 uh, Sh- pounds Shyamalan regretted casting himself as Dr. Hill he did as a nice little thing to acknowledge his parents who are both doctors he thought his acting was so bad that he cut most of his scene uh, why didn't he cut uh, Praying with Anger why didn't you cut I the actually, fucking whole performance in Science Go he's, on. I think he's pretty like natural on he's camera fine. It's fine uh, he's better in roles like this when he just has to deliver information sure like he doesn't look scared to be on camera no, which a lot fine. of actors I don't you know, know why yeah. he agree- he's lying he loved being in the movie yeah, he wished yeah. he played Bruce Willis yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Lying, uh, piece of shit Osmond's father told Bruce Willis to yell at his son to get him to cry wow cool. I wouldn't want Bruce Willis to yell at me even though yeah. apparently he yells at people a lot yeah. Oh, this is the this is the best uh, fact number 14 Willis DJed on weekends
2: oh cool He's, he spun in some Philly?
1: records at crew parties at the Philadelphia Convention Center we didn't even Center mention this is weekends. of
3: course his third Philly movie in a row well he no no Philly. Praying with Anger is an India movie yeah. so his second Philly movie
1: um, and the film was released on Shyamalan's 29th birthday. That is crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Ah. I'm going to be 30 in a few months. Though. I was about to
2: say, no. I'm well past 29. And I haven't made <laughs> <did> my six <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: uh, I My birthday is uh, like two weeks, three weeks from now. Mm. And I've been telling people, like I was like, just bump up the age. Because you know, mm-hmm. I always forget to adjust once my age changes. So start telling everyone you're the age you're going to turn right. now. So I was like telling everyone like when I was like at parties or whatever. And they're like, how old are you? And I was like, 28, 28. And then I realized after like two weeks of doing that, I'm 26 right now. I'm about to do You're 27. You're twice. You're doing a double bump. I bumped up to 27 and then set into that. And then when people asked me what age I was, I was like, well, I'm 27, but I got to bump up because my birthday is about to happen. Yeah, you got
2: you to just use your birthday. That's what did. for. I did
1: a double bump up. And the craziest part is I was at a function with my father and I introduced <laughs> myself to someone as 28. She went, oh, I, but this woman was like, I have a daughter, my daughter's older than you. And my dad was like, She's probably the same age as you. She thinks the daughter's older because you look young. And I was like, R- watch, right? I'm about to tell her my real age, and she's going to like freak out. And I was like, how old's your daughter? And she's like, 28. And I was like, yep, I'm about to turn 28. My dad's like, see, told you. <laughs> so you're all just, uh, yeah. If my dad ask, doesn't know what age I am. If you my dad- ask
2: my parents how old I am, they would not come up with the exact they'd be they'd know what my mom would born. be yeah. right my mom
1: would yeah. be like you're born in 86 so, yeah. you know like that's what she would do Yeah. my dad also doesn't know what age he is he wants everyone to think he's older than he is so he's constantly bumping it up so, really yeah, so maybe he was like family disease when he was 57 he told everyone he was 60 because he was like well but in two calendar years I'm going to be 60 so like this year the end of this year I'm 58 and then the year after that it's Anyway. Great ending. to this Merchandise podcast. spotlight. <laughs> ben, <laughs> merchandise spotlight. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. So,
4: guys, uh, please continue to uh, email us with any feedback or thoughts, uh, mm-hmm. as well as suggestions for merchandise that you'd like... Uh, blank check branding on.
1: We're going to open up like a like a cafe press store or a Zazzle shop. I need
2: to see the logo before I...
1: Uh, I'm working yeah, on it. Are you going to f- make us a logo? No, no. I got a logo. I'm yeah. awful at yeah. Photoshop.
2: You don't want that. No, I, no, I got I think, I think Katie should make us a logo. I
1: got one. I've, I've worked on a treatment. I'll have it done by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. yeah but you,
3: it's, you always do have the logos ready right when the episodes come out. Uh, yep. yep. Like, <laughs> uh, no,
1: it's... it's, it's I, I've written all our information on a check.
2: Like, yeah. like your bank like account number? A blank so,
1: check. No, I got a blank check. I got a blank check. It's my check. You can <laughs> steal my routing. Yeah, it's
3: right. From <laughs> yeah. the desk of Griffin
4: Newman. Yeah. <laughs> so we're accepting uh, ideas. But, yeah, you've uh, us. I've yeah. just been coming up with some to kind blank of just get the, the ball rolling. Yeah. So uh, I thought a blindfold with, like, blank check on it. And that would be for- uh, Yeah, because people love blindfolds. Yeah. But it's for listening to the night cast like it, you're in the dark. Mm.
1: Great. Listening
2: to oh. the night cast. Oh. Like one of those eye shades you wear on a plane? you know. Sure.
1: Yeah. Maybe yeah, yeah, like yeah. a sleeping mask. Yeah. Yeah, a sleeping mask. yeah I don't yeah. know. <laughs> 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 ben, you're
3: so good at pretending to be immediately deflated, like so deflated. I'll see you guys later. Ben
4: does uh, so much uh, <laughs>
1: work for this podcast. Erotic fan
4: fiction coloring book. Yes,
1: sir, Benjamin. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. We need to outsource some artists for that, though. Yeah, Liam Neeson's estate will sue us. And it would be erotic fan fiction about the three of us, right? Liam Neeson is still
2: alive, by the way. His uh, estate is not going to It, it wouldn't be
1: fan fiction of the movies we cover. It would be Griff and Ben and David fucking in the studio. No. Yes. yes thank you. That's yep. what it I is. I did not sign uh, up for image rights. Was that in
3: that piece of paper
2: want. I signed? Yes. I gotta say, oh, yeah. the... When I was listening to the podcast, your faces on the uh, Star Wars posters were kind of alarming enough that this seems terrifying.
1: Quite alarming.
2: Yeah. Can I ask you
1: a question, though, Katie? Yeah. As a listener of the show, have you ever shipped any combination of the <laughs> three shipping. of us? No, <laughs> I am, don't st- ship I am at all?
2: generally anti-ship. Like, even, like, the whole Fen Poe thing from Star Wars kind of creeps yeah. me out. Yeah, like,
3: I just think it's people just, it, I, it seems like you're, it's a whole other thing. It's a
2: harmless yeah. thing. People like it, but it just is mm, not. It's, I'm it's, not a shipper It's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, I get that other people like it, but it's not my thing.
1: I'm not a shipper either, but if you're shipping us, please. Please email us, blankcheckpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. We will take any erotic fanfiction about the three of us. Will
2: you read it aloud? Yeah, I'll read it oh, aloud.
1: If someone writes erotic fanfiction. Or you could write uh, an iTunes review for us in erotic fanfiction. Oh, fiction. yeah, please. Oh, that's, oh, a, good that's, a, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, you, and while you're there, why not rate us a perfect five stars? Because anyone who doesn't give us five stars is a ghost who doesn't know they're a ghost. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're trying too hard. I'm trying too hard. Um, no, let's end there, though. Uh, no
4: other merchandise ideas. And blank, blank check pod. Uh, yeah, on I was thinking holiday greeting cards, and it could be like that for Valentine's Day. Something like it seems like it's a nice thing, but then you open it and it's like you damn Sith Lord on the inside. Something like that, <laughs> yeah. you know, like to kind of prank them. It's like a good twist. It's I a see good twist. What I was trying to do there. Okay, mm-hmm. we need. To, I don't want to read these. We things. are okay, wrapping. So this what if up. the card
1: says Happy Birthday, and you open it up, and you're like Happy Birthday, and inside it goes Just kidding. Happy Valentine's Day. It's a Valentine's Day card that looks like a birthday card because it's a twist because it's...
2: I like that David just dramatically closed his laptop. I did it for the, for the, for
1: the second episode in two this weeks. This is over. So it's it's Pod Night it. Shamacast. It's a twist. <laughs> Boom. Uh, thank you all for listening. And I did my crazy thing that I can do that no one else can do. Oh, you were yeah, your arm thing. thing. My arm Yeah, sword. my friend Jessica knew um, that. Yeah, a uh, final step of the merchandise spotlight. Remember, if you see a six-inch uh, Black Series action figure of Rey from Star Wars The Force Awakens, please email me. I will send you money. I check stores multiple times a week. They are not available anywhere. What was the thing in that article?
3: The uh, the article about the toy shelf? I forget. About the Star Wars toys? I can't remember. Carry on. Don't worry. Cut oh, the pops, cut. the pops have been decimated. So that's so. it. That's okay. it. Oh the Funko God.
1: Pops oh have been God. decimated. That's it. That's it. Yeah. 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 That was something. I don't fuck with did... Funko Pops. So don't send me a Funko uh, Pop.
2: I read that article like,
1: I know, and incredible.
2: Funko Pops because someone at some point tweeted that to the tune of Uptown Funk. I don't know how you tweet <laughs> that. I don't know how you tweet that like sounds a tune. Like
1: Red so- yeah, 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 but yeah. it
2: got my head, like Funko Pops been decimated.
1: <laughs> this <laughs> was an article about someone going to Toys R Us on is Force going, Friday. It's, it's
2: Jermaine Lucier yes. Lashon, yes. who it's I know Jermaine, and yeah. is a lovely person. He's a lovely but yes. guy. This article was hilarious.
1: But it was a very dramatic but article. I think he gets a little lost in his. I sort think of, he yeah, would yeah, know yeah, as well. Yeah, it was a very dramatic article about how poorly managed the Toys R Us was on Force Friday, and he was like fifth online by the time he got there. All the merch had been run out, and he used the lot like, casually. He was like, "There were six action figures left on the shelf. Only one vehicle left. The Funko Pops had been decimated, <laughs> which is the most dramatic way to explain what happened to a series of bobbleheads with dot eyes. <laughs> those are those weird dot eye things. Yeah.
2: Why yeah. do people like? Those? I don't know. Uh, and do I love merchandise. Like no, I don't I don't get I'm it. not a toy. Like yeah. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't do shipping. I don't do action figures.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not I got nice. zero. Grown up. I have, grown have too many yeah. action figures. I'm a little boy. I got zero pops. I want a fucking grown-up. Toy like a six-inch black series. All right, right. creeping me out. All I just right. want it really bad. We
3: probably run for like eight hours at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, like we've
1: kept. Katie's. I think I've been fired. At yeah, this yeah, point. yeah, yeah. Uh, so Katie, we gotta go. Katie, anything you want oh, to plug? Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh war
2: room We got, got fighting in the war room. So good. We got little gold men. Hell's I'm, yes. best. I'm on the podcast at the Film Experience. It's also talking about oh, Oscars. Not this. a host, but I'm on it once in a while. It's a great podcast. And VanityFair.com, where hopefully I still work after being here and recording this podcast. They could never
3: get rid. Come on, great publicity. all at Sundance. Yeah, they're all at Sundance. Uh, yeah. we'll,
2: we'll have you
1: back on in some capacity for
2: the blank check. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Or oh, when we, we, we do the actually. 10 part Titanic series. Yeah, well, we'll uh, do, I'm willing t- to yeah, do that we'll as, do as a t- crossover t- episode. I mean, sure. top, crossover 10 part series or just take over your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Can, whatever. Let's Titanic. do it all.
1: Let's we'll do just, it all. All I want to do is record podcasts. Me too. This is the best thing. This is the best art form of all time. You know, we said movies are the best. Podcasts <laughs> are a little <laughs> <are the> better. <laughs> 20th century movies, 21st century yeah. podcasts. And now it's all about podcasts. And also rate, review, subscribe to all yeah, our yeah, sister podcasts oh, oh, on the oh, Comedy sister Network. Podcasts, I don't care course. about us. We we just Fuck us. we don't need more listeners. We like the listeners we have. But also tell your friends please. Yeah. We want more listeners. Yeah, more listeners please. We we need got to we gotta we pair over bucks. We need those bucks. We make those fucking bucks. Um next week we'll be talking about Unbreakable. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't say the guest cuz it's like 99%, no, it's a, it's a, right? It's a, it's a we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but we got—we actually have it's Sam Jackson. No, no. We have yeah, guests obviously. lined up for all but one episode. Yeah, this we've got—we've right got our guests. Other than the last film to visit, we have our guests for every other movie. I think it's a really good lineup of guests. I
3: think we gotta get Knight first visit. We just gotta get him. We, we gotta—we gotta, gotta land the big guy. Yeah.
1: Thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm. As always, and as always, you got him.
4: I peep, not alive. Really. Yeah. I'm no.
1: cool with that, yeah. I do. Blindside it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay.